Tuning into the show. All right, show this out, show this out, show this out. Welcome. Today's Friday. That means the law of one, right? I'll be changing that overlay in a minute from Orion Rising to the law of one. So when people tune in, if they're brand new, they'll go, what am I here for? And they'll see a big sign like I normally have up there saying the law of one. Those of you listening on the MP3 broadcasts around the world, you don't see the visuals, which you should take a look at. Go to YouTube or Facebook and take a look at that intro. And look at the visuals on that intro and that video that's there because the entire secret to the entire universe is in front of your eyes right there. I also have a video on my YouTube channel uh, that is about the golden mean ratio, uh, which is the the spiral that everybody um, mistakenly calls the Fibonacci spiral. Fibonacci sequence is, in fact, not the spiral itself. It is, in fact, the geometric shapes that are the angles, the triangles or the or the boxes that actually uh, shift and go into a spiral. But it is not the natural spiral that is the soft uh, spiral that goes around uh, that. That is the outside edge of those mathematical points, which makes up that it's a different equation. It is the yin and the yang. It is the it is the the universe, and the uh, if you look at if you're into fractals and fractions. So when you look at our math and the smoothness of the universe, uh, everywhere in the universe, and then the fractals are the hard, uh, jagged parts. Uh, If you look at a stream, when it's flowing, uh, the water is flowing, that's the spiral, that's the the calm, the the flow, the, but as it winds through the landscape, uh, it, it ends up smoothing everything, but at first it's not, everything is rough and it, winds its way through the landscape up and over and down and around. But over time with the water uh, running down there, it smooths out the surfaces that are in the water that are not. So that that's a, a, a an analogy there that's showing you, let me switch this over, that is showing you the difference between the the yin and the yang or the, the fractals and the, and the fractions in mathematics uh, is in the physical representation, the Fibonacci sequence 
uh, is in fact a, a spiral sequence, but it is more if you look at the cactus uh, and the way the cacti uh, grows, that's more of the Fibonacci mathematics, but the actual spiral itself is, uh, is 1.168. 1.068, and that's the Fibonacci, or not the Fibonacci, but the golden mean ratio. Um, I have a video that uh, shows you that as well. So the secrets to the universe are right there in front of your eyes if you understand the mathematics of what's happening in that video. That's why I put that video together. Okay, so we're going to be doing the law of one. We're starting on session 15 this week. We finished session 14 last week. We're going to get into session 15 so let me switch over here so that I can see your guys' comments. Reese, welcome. Denise, welcome. Anybody else that's out there, say hello in the chat so I know you're here. Like I said, share this out, share this out. Those of you who are listening on the MP3 broadcast, you're not listening to it live. You're listening to it right after we're live. Uh, but you still can uh, benefit from everything that we're talking about. You just can't ask all those questions that you guys have in your heads and need to ask. Some of you contact me and we have conversations uh, on Messenger and things like that. Brianna, welcome. Thank you for saying hi. That's why I know you're here. Because if you guys don't speak, I don't know whether you're here or not. I just see numbers on the screen. It just tells me how many people are, are currently uh, on your list paying attention. But that has no, no reflection uh, in the world in the 70 countries that listen to the podcast on MP3 file. Um, and, and those of you that are out there, I'm sorry that I can't answer your questions. Okay. So uh, we're gonna, I think we're going to just go ahead and start with the law of one, start with raw uh, or, you know, the, the, the session 15. And let me know if the sound is, is high enough. I'll turn the sound up so the microphone can pick it up. I know my microphone almost sounds like an echo from where I am uh, sitting in the dining room. Uh, it has a little bit of an echo, and I'm sure you can hear the television slightly in the background. From That's why I turn the sound up from the living room. That's where my mother is, but I can see her from here. And keep an eye on her. Uh, and I am her caregiver. She's 78, going to be 79 in June. 78 years old, uh, Alzheimer's patient. She's dementing, but she's still in there and she still knows what's going on. And we're keeping her as long as we can. Okay. So um, I'm going to go ahead and uh, start playing. And let me know if you can hear this, right? Just because sometimes this audio gets weird and it doesn't work. And let me know if it's loud enough. Let me turn my sound up a little bit on the microphone here. I got it up like 66. Hopefully it's not too loud and bothers my mother in the other room. All right, here we go. Let's. This, this is January 30th, 1981, when they channeled this session. And uh, this is the Law of One Session 15. January 30th, 1981. 15.0 raw. I am raw. I greet you in the love and the light of the infinite creator. I communicate now. 15.1 Questioner, I would like to apologize for my past and any future stupid questions due to the fact that I am searching for the proper entry into investigating the law of one. Thank you. I was literally hitting pause, Denise, to find out if you guys can hear it. I know you guys have like a 30-second lag, so I let it go, you know, 20 seconds. So you guys have less than a 30-second lag right now because you got it in in 20 seconds. Okay, good. Thank you. So let's go ahead and continue. We will be eliminating the stupid ones from the book. I would like to ask if the use of the instrument is a function of the time we use the instrument or the amount of information or the number of words the instrument gives. In other words, do I have to hurry and ask the questions, or can I take my time to ask the questions? Ra, I am Ra. There are two portions to your query. Oh, I was, uh, yeah, I think so, right? 
Denise, she said, watching from the, or Brianna said, watching from the hospital, Denise. So, yeah, I know that, I think that, that Denise said that she was going to be there, but maybe I'm misunderstanding that, Brianna. One of you is in the hospital. I think Denise said she was because she was having some stuff done uh, medically. Uh, so, yeah, maybe so. Thank you if you are. Um, I know hospitals are boring when I was in the hospital last, you know, Usually it's the crap television, <laughs> the daytime television, and you don't get all the cool channels, right? Uh, so usually it's boring. You have nothing to do but listen. So thank you for listening, tuning in to me. There was a few people who have done that now who actually contacted me and said, uh, I, at the time, I am in the hospital uh, and I'm listening to your show. And so that was pretty badass. That's when I wish that I was on more than once a week, uh, just because I know they're in there listening to me, right? Okay, let's continue. Firstly, this instrument's reserve of vital energy, which is a product of body, mind, and spirit distortions in the various complexes, is the key to the length of time which we may expend using this instrument. We searched your group when we contacted you for each in your group possesses significantly more vital energy of the body complex. However, this instrument was tuned most appropriately by the mind-slash-body-slash-spirit complex distortions of its beingness in this illusion. Therefore, we remained with this instrument. Secondly, we communicate at a set rate which is dependent upon our careful manipulation of this instrument. We cannot be more, as you would say, quick. Therefore, you may ask questions speedily but the answers we have to offer are at a set pace given. 15.2 Questioner, this isn't exactly what I meant. If it takes me, say, 45 minutes to ask my questions, does that give the instrument only 15 minutes to answer rather than an hour, or would we run over an hour and the instrument could answer for more? Ra, I am Ra. The energy required for this contact is entered into this instrument by a function of time. Therefore, the time is the factor, as we understand your query. 15.3 question. See, now that's interesting to think about in and of itself right there. Um, that Well, 15 sessions in, he's he's asking questions about about the uh, uh, amount of time they can spend, you know, because he's, you know, like me, he talks a lot. So he's trying to figure out uh, how long he has to ask the questions. So he's trying to word his questions so that they're limited uh, amount of words and very precise. And, and that way he can get a lot of questions in. But that that part uh, is is a good analysis on his on his part. But the part that, that it really interests me is that Raw said the amount of energy is entered into the, you know, talking about Carla uh, for a certain so, you know, for a certain time. So. So they, they, they're keeping her energy level at a certain pace to, to work for an hour, 45 minutes to an hour, uh, and, uh, and not burn her up with too much energy all at once, but not, a, you know, not leave her uh, you know, diminished with her own energy. I just had this conversation with somebody last night about uh, utilizing the energy of the universe, not using your own energy. I teach that, any of you who've ever had any... Uh, experience with me in magic or in any way transmuting energy for any purpose, the first thing I teach you is is to draw on the energy of the universe instead of using your own energy so you don't deplete your own energy. You're going to deplete your own energy anyways, um, but you won't you deplete all of the energy that you borrow from the universe. It's there. It's infinite. We created it. That's the mindset you need to be in when you're doing any kind of uh, working with energy in any way, healing, uh, you know, scrying, seeing, magic, whatever it is. 
uh, ESP, whatever it is, you need to uh, to literally be able to use energy and understand that, understand how energy works in the universe and where to tap in and what to tap into and how. That's all, that's as important, if not more important, than uh, the act of what you're trying to do. Because um, look what happened. We talked about that in the last at the end of the last session. Look what happened to Edgar Casey. When uh, he was unaware of that, but he was able to tap into the Akashic records and then people were tricking him and asking him questions when he was in a trance where he would just answer the, the questions uh, and, and that was having a physical effect on him. And then even when he stopped that and only had his wife asking questions, we don't know if she cheated in any way. We're assuming she did not. But at, at the end of his him doing that, it had a toll on his body and it ended up killing him because he was unaware of how much that it, that it actually does affect you. I talk about this all the time. Anybody who's a magic user or a medium or, or anything, a healer in any way, and you're transmuting energy through your body for whatever you're using your body as a conduit, it then ages. And, and in the sign of that is your hair. Your hair turns white very quickly. I don't care if you are in a family that never goes gray. If you are a magic user or an energy user in any way, you will go gray unless you dye your hair. So I always joked, I'm, I'm, I'm in my 50s. And when I was in my 20s, I used to say, show me a, a magic user or you know a witch or a warlock and I'll show you somebody who dyes their hair. And people would laugh, but they knew it was true because the transmuting energy does that. There's a drain on your physical body. So this is the conversation that they have throughout all six books, throughout all of the sessions. That's why at the end, almost every session, you hear them ask if there's anything else they can do to make the, the instrument. And the instrument is referring to the instrument that they're using to channel, which is Carla. And uh, that's okay, uh, Pamela. You're, uh, it doesn't matter. You were, you know, the, the, there's a saying. Remember, I don't know if you ever watched uh, Lord of the Rings or read that book. But when Gandalf showed up, and and uh, um, was it Bilbo at that point? No, it was Frodo. Frodo said, "Gandalf, you are late." And he said, "A wizard arrives precisely when he is meant to." <laughs> right. So you're not late. You arrived exactly when you were when you were supposed to. So. So the, the, the energy that you consume, you need to learn always to get that energy. You have to be connected to the universe. You have to be connected to nature. You have to be connected to time space in this place. Otherwise, you utilize your own personal energy, and that, is, and that is, does damage to your body, to the pain body. And that will cause you to have more problems than you need to have. So managing, first of all, balancing your body, balancing your energy, grounding, focusing, centering, balancing your chakras before you do any kind of work in any way is vital and important. I spend an hour before this show is on. And in that hour, sometimes longer, today I started at about a quarter to three. So I went an hour and 15 minutes of preparation for this show. And the only thing that I did was fix the raw so that he said raw instead of R-A, uh, uh, you know, and then set up the show itself in, in the studio and, and that. That takes like 10 minutes. 
right? But the rest of the time was me clearing out this space, casting a bubble, walking the house, cleaning myself, you know, writing myself, aligning my chakras, getting my energy in the right place to then be able to, to you know, channel, which is what happens. Yeah, I don't have the camera on as much anymore as I used to because it's only me that's on here. But anyone who's ever watched me when I talk, um, they, they can see that. Peter GV will tell you that and has in the chats that he can see my eye color change and he can see that the, you know, the blinking changes. I noticed that a long time ago about people that I knew were legit. And I'm not going to explain exactly what the blinking does because but you can't do it. Someone will try. You can't do it on purpose. The way the way it happens is that it's it's subconscious and, and your body reacts in a certain way. Um, and in fact, I'll, I'll just go ahead and tell you because you can't fake it because when you try and do it and you're faking it, it's obvious to people. So when people are actually channeling information from either the Kashyyyk record or as a medium talking to the other side or whatever the case is, uh, first of all, the eye color will change. Uh, and, and that becomes evident when, when people see that. And, and, and that's not because of the lighting uh, effect. The eye color does change. Now, I know there's apps that they have that do that to change your eye color, right? They have those on all of the – there's a reason they do that, too, because they want people to see that. And then just assume that when your eyes, if they change color, that you did that as some sort of ploy because they want to be able to say, well, there's an app that does that. That's obvious that that person's eye colors are just changing because they're doing that to make it look like they know what they're that they're doing something when they're really not. And that's where they cast doubt. But this one they can't fix and they've never talked about it because most people don't know about it. So me telling you this is going to have them creating an app that does the same thing. You watch, it'll happen. Mark my words. Or as my father would say, mock my words. So, but seriously, mark my words to this date, you know, 31023, right? <laughs> March 10th, 2023. Let's see how long it takes before they have an app that does this. So when people are channeling, if you watch their eyes while they're doing this, it's subconscious. They don't know they're doing this and you can't control it. It just, it just happens. Um, when they're when they're talking, their left eye. So on your screen, it's on your right side because it's their left eye, unless they're flipped backwards. And you have to be aware of that because sometimes people have their camera uh, on them and it's their you know their cell phone and they actually are the mirror image. So you have to be aware of that. However, uh, once you realize that if they're not and they're being filmed and they're sitting stationary or whatever and they're talking on their uh, cameras like I would be now, when they start channeling and they're talking to you and they're looking at you or at the camera, their left eye, their left eye will blink out of sequence with their right eye. And their, their eyes will blink. Sometimes they blink a lot, right? Some people blink a lot, right? Um, see, okay, so Penny's saying her left eye blinks less. Okay, so there is a, see, there is a, a difference and she knows that. To, and I was going to say that next. It'll either blink faster or slower than the right eye. And sometimes the right eye will blink and the left eye won't. And then in mid, uh, you know, uh, then all of a sudden the left eye blinks by itself and the right eye doesn't, or they blink at the same time, but the right eye blinks fast and the left eye blinks slow. Okay. And Penny knows that you're aware of that, that when you're doing work and you're channeling that how and mine does the same thing. My left eye will blink by itself when the right eye doesn't. And then when the right eye blinks, it'll blink slower uh, than the, than the right eye. Uh, and uh, I noticed that because I could feel it when I became aware of seeing people do that. And I wondered if I did that 
you know, people don't do that ordinarily when they blink, both eyes blink at the same time, unless they're trying to wink at you. But that becomes obvious. You can't fake it. And that's why I was saying this. You can't fake the, and there is an algorithm to that. The computers might be able to pick up on, but they're not going to be able to duplicate it uh, to, you know what I mean? So they'll, but they'll try and have an app. They'll do that. They'll have your eyes now blink because it, once that gets out there, they have to be able to discredit it. So they'll, they'll uh, build an app. That's why they did that with the eye color change because they realized nefariousness realized that people uh, eye color changed when they were channeling. Uh, and, and that happens all the time. Mine changed many different colors, but I have hazel eyes and they call them hazel because they say green eyes don't exist. Weird that 10% of the population of the planet have green eyes, but they say that doesn't actually uh, count. I guess my freckles don't either. Anything that's not normal, they say, like red hair, they say is a genetic defect. Uh, uh, green eyes are a genetic defect. So it's not normal because uh, normal is what they what they call normal. And that's brown eyes are blue. That's it. Right. And, and so the so the hair, they had to admit 10,000 years ago when the Vikings showed up that people did have blonde hair. Before that, you had black hair or brown, period. And uh, and, you know, and brown eyes mostly. So, the, you know, that's right handed thinking. No offense to anybody out there that's right handed. Um, uh, however, if you look up every creation on the face of the earth, you'll find out that 98 percent of everything ever created or invented on this planet was created or invented by a left handed person. I'm not trying. I am left-handed, but I'm not saying that because I'm, you know, trying to be cool and say left-handed people are super cool. The truth is, if you're a left-handed quarterback in football, they want you. If you're a left-handed pitcher, they want you. If you're a left-handed batter, they want you. If you're in combat, hand-to-hand combat, mixed martial arts, and you can fight with your left hand and, and lead with your right hand instead of the other way around, they want you. Okay. And it, when it comes to uh, all of the scientists and all of the prophets in the world, they've all been left-handed. Uh, just saying, <laughs> okay, you can look that up. I'm not making that up and going, I'm one of the cool kids because I'm left-handed. You can look that up because I've done the studies. I am a scientist and we do studies. We, I don't just go, well, I'm left, I, you know, being left-handed, I had to convert to being what they now call ambidextrous because uh, we had to, we have to get used to this world, which is set up for right-handed people, not left-handed people, everything is set up for right-handed people. There is nothing that's automatically set up your cell phone, your remote control for your television, your telephone, vending machines. Everything is set up for right-handed people. Even the, when you go to a store, you guys just don't know it. Banks, everything. You don't know it because it's natural for you. But for left-handed people, we're all fucked up when we try to use your shit. No offense. <laughs> So, so Allison, welcome. Actually, you actually uh, are are showing your name this time. Most of the time when she comes in, I can't see her name, but this time she actually did. Welcome. Uh, so, so my point here is um, not that left-handed people are the cool kids, uh, although, uh, you know, 98% of all things ever invented were from left-handed people. Uh, but my point here is when working with any kind of energy, you need to learn the basics of drawing energy and being able to utilize energy. Uh, from the universe. It's free. It's there. We created it all. It's there for our for for our, our use um, because we created it. But you have to, if you're in service to self, you won't know what I'm talking about because you can't do it because you're in service to self. And that is the truth. You cannot create. You have to have someone else create something for you and then you can benefit from it. That's why 
they have um, the monetary system, and that's why they have people in specialty fields that they pay to do everything because they cannot do it themselves. People who are in service to self, they only love themselves. Therefore, they cannot tap into the creative ability in the universe. I don't care what you say. I don't care if you think I'm crazy, and you and but those people that are in the know on both sides know this to be true. Okay, so you can out there, you can go, you're full of crap, Leo, you don't know what you're talking about. Okay, change the channel, find some other uh, Care Bear uh, conversation that fits your uh, dilemma in your life at the time and and pay attention to that and say that I'm crazy. But you're still not going to be able to create if you're in service to self. If you're if you're the most important, important person in your life and you love you and all you want to do is use other people, there's a reason you want to use them. You want to use them because you need them to create for you and trick them in some way to do something. And that's where uh, people like me left working for the governments, uh, Dramvalo Mokizidek, and did the same thing when he realized they were trying to trick him into showing them or creating a weapon for them. And they were trying to, to get people, they were trying to understand how to tap into creative abilities. And he realized, and we all realized in the think tanks at the time that you literally have to create from the heart. You can't create from the mind. Your mind is just your intention to actually create something. You have to have your heart has to be in it. There's that old saying, your heart has to be in it. And that means you have to be doing it selflessly to try and help everyone around you. Evil people can't do that. They can they can pretend. But the truth is they can't create anything. They can only use what's already there. OK, so. So that that that's why if you don't if you don't understand and you don't realize your potential and that you are trying to help people, you need to then learn, find someone who can teach you if you don't know how to do this. Learn. This is what we do. You can talk to myself or Peter GV or or Peter uh, uh, Kyle or anybody that's in our uh, spiritual groups that. Um, you guys, I don't think are in the chats for or in the groups. You may or may not be. Most of you that are in the chat for returning to the old ways and, and uh, law of one, uh, the class chat. Um, most of the people that are in those are not in our groups on Facebook that are our spiritual groups. However, we do still in, in like returning to the old ways. We do still try to to help you in there. And that's why we created that and, and the law of one class. But we do work with people individually to help you guys. And we're thinking about putting together a, an, an organized class to be able to do just this and teach this sort of stuff. We're working on this and we have been for a few years. Uh, we're just trying to get the right people on board. And some of the people are already starting to do this on their own um, that are going to be working with us, which is good because then they're getting their name out there and people will, will realize because there's a lot that people need to learn and, and get that's not just the knowledge of the law of one or the things that I tell you, even though I tell you way more in this class than you will ever hear from anyone interpreting the law of one. Because most of those people that do it, they never finish because they're not really in it for everyone else. They're in it for ratings. And, uh, and that's why most people have never finished all, all six books like I have already done of the law of one. They start it, they get a few sessions in, and then they go, well, not a lot of people are showing up, so I'm moving on to something else. Because they were never doing it for the intention of helping people. Because if they were, they would be not concerned with only getting three or four or five people in their class. Okay, They would be more concerned with teaching those three or four or five people 
and helping them or guiding them in some way that is going to benefit the all because then those people are going to be able to learn from that, teach you at the same time. That's why it's called learn, teach, teach, learn, and then uh, expand their, their horizons while you're doing the same and uh, be able to help other people. They won't do that. They get they get a, a session or two in, sometimes three or four. I've only seen one guy who was a doctor who got, I think, 10 or 15 sessions in, and he also quit. Look out there, and if you guys find anybody that's still doing it past that, let me know because I because I, I haven't been able to find it either, okay? And if they are out there, I would be impressed by that person, and I would love to talk to that person to find out if, in fact, they what their motivation is. <laughs> Those people who want clicks, and they want followers, those people do not do this kind of work. Why? Because you have to be partially awake to even understand what I'm saying, okay? Uh, and, and if you're not, and you come in here, especially if you are in fact in service to self, you will not last more than three or four minutes. You cannot, unless you're gonna try and troll me, last that long in listening to anything that I have to say, because I'm gonna piss you off. And if your religion is politics, the same thing will happen. Even if you don't know that's your religion, if you if you actually find yourself in whatever country you are, either uh, uh, you know aligning yourself with in your country the political movement that is either progressive or conservative, and 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 that's what you're about, I'm going to piss you guys both off on both sides. Uh, just like if you watch Fox News here, Tucker Carlson has now pissed off both political parties uh, in the United States. Because he's actually showing the, the the stuff from not everybody in both parties, but everybody on the on the progressive side, and then ten or fifteen people on the on the uh, Republican side, which they're showing their true colors, and I love that because those were people that I knew about before. But but when I tried to tell people, look, you have no idea that that most of the people in the government behind the scenes are friends and work together, and all of this is a show just to give you, bless you, sorry, my mother sneezed, just to give you the choice and the appearance of free will and something to fight for. And the entire thing is a lie and they just divvy shit up. I'm going to take this stance. Okay, I'm going to take that stance. And all that happens behind the scenes. That's why, in fact, in the movie Braveheart, that's why Mel Gibson showed that because it happened in real life because Braveheart is a true story. Happened in real life with Robert the Bruce, the 15th Earl of, uh, of Scotland and his father, the 14th Earl, and his father was hiding in the, in the castle up in the tower because he, had, uh, he was a, a leper, and uh, he didn't want anybody to know that. So everyone thought he was in France the entire time his, bro his son would go up and see him in the castle and talk to his dad. And, uh, and Robert the Bruce, the 15th Earl, he uh, was wanting to fight against the England to get Scotland freed, and uh, he was basically uh, starting to align the people to do that. And his father said, OK, I'll tell you what, we'll, we'll figure this out. And, and he says, listen, you do that. You go publicly and get the and get the people to back you and let them know that you're backing William Wallace. And I will write a letter from France condemning you. And that way we can save the family. And if something happens and the king decides to assassinate you, I can say to the king, this entire thing was a ruse to out them to squash it. And that's not what Robert the Bruce the 15th wanted, but he, he had to go along with his father because his father was in charge. Okay. And his father could have him killed or out him and leave him hung out to dry. And he knew it. Eventually they took it out of the movie. 
but it was a it was originally in the the um, uh, long version or the theatrical version. He beat his father to death in the tower. Eventually, he got tired of his father and he wanted to fight. And they got into an argument and he killed his father. So that and that's when he, at the end of the movie, then did exactly that at Bannockburn and fought against the uh, Edward Longshanks and won the the Scottish right of freedom, which eventually his great grandson. Uh, gave back up in Scotland to this day and still uh, pledged its fealty to the United Kingdom and uh, the king now uh, over there, uh, which I wanted to say congratulations to those of you in Ireland because you just celebrated your 100th anniversary of being a free and sovereign nation. Um, and, and I'm happy to say that uh, being a volunteer uh, for many years uh, in, in that establishment and that entire endeavor uh, I'm very proud of that. And Peter Kyle um, was at a ceremony and filmed it. Uh, there's two two uh, uh, reels that he has on TikTok where they're like 30 minutes long. And it's the, the ceremony where they're talking about that, uh, that you guys just celebrated that just not too long ago. So I wanted to point that out uh, because the, the country of Ireland was not officially uh, recognized as a free and sovereign nation until somewhere between 94 and 97, 1994, 1997, uh, even though they voted their freedom after the Easter uprising in 1916. Did I get that date right? Yeah. And, and so that was in 19, I guess it was 19. Well, it would have been 23 by the time they had the vote and became and voted themselves free because this is the 100 year anniversary uh, at uh, in 2023. So it took from 1916 to 1923 with the negotiations. You guys can watch that movie with, uh, uh, in fact, De Valera, who uh, was the first president of Ireland, was uh, killed because he wanted to still continue fighting after the vote. And, and uh, Michael Collins, um, what, he sent Michael Collins to negotiate to try and make him look like a fool um, but they eventually, Michael Collins had to have his people hunt him down and kill him because he wanted to continue fighting and they wanted peace. Uh, and so he was not all full Irish anyway. He was born in the United States in New York City. Um, those of us who know Ireland and its, um, in its history know that. <laughs> right? Yes. Yes. Pamela said, uh, bless you in a, in a penny bubble, as we say. Right? Right? So... I love that. Unless I'm reading that wrong. No, no, you said that. Bubbly. Penny and bubbly. Yeah. Oh, I did read that right. So, right. So, um, right. So thank you for that. So that was important. And the reason that that's important is because uh, some of the coalitions uh, today, a lot of you don't know this, uh, but a couple of the major coalitions today, uh, the only reason that they're in existence is because of that resistance and um, the people who set that up uh, went then global and started setting up and helping people to not be able to be captured or taken uh, by the establishment. Uh, and the only uh, people in the history of this planet that have never been captured that were considered a terrorist organization uh, it, for more than 100 years now has been the Irish Republican Army. And, and because of that, the Irish Republican Army made a, made the, a lot of money to secure their nation as a free and sovereign nation and to force the United Kingdom into acknowledging that 
those of you who don't know this, you might get mad at me for saying this. Those of you who do know this might get mad at me for saying this. But those of you who are in the know, you're going to know that what I'm saying is true. Uh, was that the Irish Republican Army then trained and was paid by the, the uh, cabal, the English and the American government, and a few other governments to train every terrorist organization that it, that you have heard about in your lifetime that has been terrorizing the world, paid for by the English government and the American government, and used by them secretly uh, as a weapon. And none of you guys are aware of that. And anybody who has any part of the Irish government, and especially the the uh, the Irish Republican Army, the 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 military and uh, and Secret Service wing of the Irish government that have been around for more than than uh, 20 years know this. Okay, know this as a fact. And, and I know that some of you don't want to believe that because you're you're involved in this political movement and you think that there is um, not a global government already, and you think that there there, there is no cabal and, and deep state and rich elite people that run the world. Uh, and that is the best trick the devil ever pulled, is getting you to think that that whole entire industrial complex does not exist, okay? Not that the devil doesn't exist, that the, that the religion, I said this last week, that the religion that is nefariousness, that is evil, doesn't exist. And it's that little teeny satan satanic uh, movement, which is just whatever the big three stand for, we're the opposite. Uh, and you think that that's that all where all evil people worship. And that's the, the biggest lie ever told to you. It's part of the cover up of the information that you need to know on this planet. And this is what Raw is trying to tell you. Okay. Raw is trying to explain all of this to you. And that's why I'm explaining this to you now. And if people pop in here and get mad at me, go, what does this have to do with? Oh, he's talking politics. What does that have to do with the law of one? You're an idiot. I'm like, oh, okay. Bye bye. Um, you're not, not anywhere near the understanding, the inner standing uh, of, or awareness to actually get what I'm saying here. I'm not um, part of that religion at all. I'm part of the religions of everything else. However, uh, credit where credit's due, the Irish people in history uh, will eventually uh, um, get, get credit for doing a lot more for this planet than anyone ever realizes. And that's one of the reasons why those people, just like the Jewish people, uh, are being tormented relentlessly by the, these rich and elite families. The, the two races, the, the, you know, there's three or four races that they absolutely hate and they, and they victimize them as often as they can. The African race, the Irish race, or the, the Welsh, the Irish, the Scottish, the Celts, uh, uh, and the, the Hebrews way more than any other race. And then uh, the white races of the north, but they're afraid of them because when you unleash the Vikings, the Vikings descend on you. Look what Iceland did a few years ago back in, was that 2017? They got tired of, of the wokeness in their country and they literally took over the country and killed everybody who was part of that regime. Tried them and murdered them all. Well, they didn't murder them because murder is illegal. They tried them and executed them for war crimes against their people. That's what Vikings do when you when you piss them off. Okay, so be careful. Uh, that's why they don't go after. But they but the, you have to realize that here in America, when the slaves were were freed, what names did they give the slaves? The names that they considered the slave races. 
That's why you have all these, and that happened over in Europe too. That's why most of the African people have these names like Henderson and Johnson and O'Neill and McNeil and all that, because it's Irish names, it's Viking names. And then if you really pay attention, it's also Hebrew names. They didn't get any of the names of the races that they see themselves as. You don't hear like Rothschild, okay? That's only if somebody changed their name. Otherwise, they gave the slaves what they considered the slave names, right? And then the other race that they've really gone after, that, that a lot of you out there are going, wait a minute, Leo, you're leaving out, the aboriginal races around the planet. That is the biggest problem that they have spiritually with the races of this planet are all the aboriginal people, all the all the natives, Native Americans to the North American continent, South American continent, all the way into Australia. Those people have to be eradicated because their entire religion, their entire way of life is nature and is balance in nature. The Celts were the same way, and that's why um, that's why they tried to obliterate them. Okay, that's not a joke because they weren't warlike. They were about the balance between the the um, the feminine and masculine energy. And if you look around the planet throughout history, and I'm a theologian, okay, so I've paid attention to not only the you know the the religions and the spiritual way of life, but to do that properly, you have to look at the philosophical and the political and the military history of all everyone on the planet. You look into that, you're going to see that these warlike societies, the first thing they do is eradicate any society that venerates women in any position of power or free thinking. And that is done on purpose because of their religion is male dominance because they need to keep everybody in their lizard brain in a warlike uh, capacity. So having war gods like the Vikings in the north, they're afraid of them because they are sold into that in a zealot way to where if you piss them off, then they all say, you know what, it's that what they used to teach the Arabs killing themselves and dying for their cause being a good thing. They had to, they had to change the ways and promise all these virgins that you're going to get in, in heaven to get them to do it. The Vikings do it because it's part of their religion. They have for hundreds of thousands of years when they went to attack a place, it was victory or death. And the Greeks were the same way. They feared the Greeks and they feared the Vikings because they were able to conquer the planet because their entire way of thinking was, and in the Greek way, it was literally come back with this shield or on it. And that meant with the shield by you carrying it or being carried your dead body on it. That was normal for them. And, and it really tripped people out. And it wasn't all the Greeks. It was the it was the hoplites from uh, from um, Sparta and the Arcadians drove them nuts. They showed that in the movie, which was made from a, a comic series, a, a graphic novel. But the story is true. And the Arcadians didn't understand it. And so they asked one of the guys, Polonius, as a matter of fact, who they asked uh, at um, the Battle of Thermopylae and um, asked him, uh, you know, because they were so, uh, you know, so uh, carefree about the whole thing. And he says, aren't you concerned that we might die? And he said, for a Spartan, I, I, that's our, our, our best hope is that someone over there in that million man army is good enough to be able to kill me. 
That's a perfect death. So their religion was that. And everybody bought into it in the in the, the hoplites and the Vikings bought into the dying. When you went into combat, it was victory or death. And uh, that happens throughout time. There's a reason I'm going into all of this, and you'll understand this as we go. The knights, the temple knights and, and all of the other the Templar knights were, were because they were, you know, called themselves that because they were in the Temple of Solomon and protecting people along the road. But there was many other hospitaller knights. There was many other uh, organizations that were actually knights that were part of the larger army. However, they fought the same way because they believed in Christ and they believed that God was righteous and that what they were doing was trying to help people, even though there was evil people that did evil shit. If you watch the movie, The Kingdom of Heaven, you see that Guy de Lucien and his brother were not. They were robber knights. That's what you're called when you're an evil knight. They were evil, and they caused that whole war with Sahaladin at the time, got themselves killed for it, um, and but got millions of people on, uh, in the, on the planet killed at that time because of their uh, thirst for power and money and, and money grubbing, right? So th there's the examples there. However, right, you have to realize that they did the same thing and that scared people because their numbers being small, even though they had armor on that was different than everyone else's, which was crazy of the day. That's like driving tanks. Each one of them was like a tank. However, there could be a hundred of them and they could fight against 10,000 uh, other people. It was the same way with the hoplites in, in Greece. It was the same thing with the Vikings. Because they were so sold into, nobody retreated. Nobody surrendered. Every man fought, and it was either we win this or we die. That creates a sense of urgency in you, okay? That is different. And when you believe it, not because somebody's whipping you and making you, forcing you to do it against your will, that's the difference between an army that is voluntary and an army that are constructs or conscripts. Do you see? One is a subject and one is objective. One is volunteering to do what they do and, and believing in the cause and doing that. Now, the reason I said all of this is because the energy difference in your mindset determines the outcome before you even are aware of it. I've been in martial arts my entire life. I can't say entire. I started uh, in martial arts when I was eight years old and I was instructed in martial arts uh, from that point on mixed martial arts before anyone knew what that was. Uh, everybody was just using karate in America and then some other uh, forms started coming in. And what they call now mixed martial arts uh, is what they used to call street fighting in America uh, and Africa had an, a version of it there as, uh, as well. Uh, and, you know, 25 years ago when I was sparring with a buddy of mine who was black belt in karate on the front lawn of my house, I was literally using my elbows and knees. At, and he was like, holy crap, where did you learn that? Oh, that's street fighting, isn't it? That was what it was called here in America was street fighting. But it's now uh, called Brazilian jiu-jitsu <laughs> because the Brazilians started doing it and made it really good. And so when they came to America or came to the MMA around the world, they dominated because they were able to use every body part. There's also more that we use that you, that are illegal in mixed martial arts uh, now because they're deadly. Uh, but uh, but I was never taught Brazilian jiu-jitsu, but I can hold my own against a Brazilian jiu-jitsu uh, artist because uh, I fight the same way. And it was called street fighting in America uh, in ninjutsu fighting in, ja in Japan. 
And, and and a lot of the, especially the ninjutsu, the, the ninja fighting is illegal too because most of that was for assassins, right? So, but it was a combat uh, uh, technique that literally the military teaches, but they call it Aikido and Taekwondo and, and karate there. But they, they teach the military combat and that is now gotten to the point. Krav Maga evolved from the military version of, of lethal hand-to-hand mixed martial arts. Okay, uh, and Krav Maga is is pretty badass. It is, but it's mostly uh, shock and awe, to be honest with you. Um, and uh, you know, I would be more akin to a Shaolin priest. There's now that is is more akin. That was what uh, the actor that did the movies. I can't think of his name right now. Uh, they did all those movies that all had three names: Out for Justice, Marked for Death. All of his movies had three names. Um, and I can't think of his name right now. I'll think of it in a second. I can see his face. Uh, and everybody thought that he was fake and he was actually uh, a, a um, master. And he actually was the uh, first white person from America that was a, that was actually allowed to uh, teach and have a dojo in Japan. That's how respected he actually was. Um, Steven Seagal, he actually was a, a, a badass. Um, uh, you know, unlike, unlike, uh, what's his name? The actor, the French guy who claimed, and I can't think of his name either, who claimed he was a badass. He was a badass, but he, he claimed that he won all these titles that he actually didn't win. Uh, and Dolph Lundgren and him hated each other because he was like claimed that he won most of the fights, uh, then the championships that Dolph Lundgren actually won. And so Dolph Lundgren was always getting into a physical fight with him. Every time they ran into each other in public, uh, they would get arrested for fighting. Not a joke. Now I'm not saying that Dude wasn't a badass, but he didn't win all the stuff that he claimed he won. <laughs> he, he was stealing people's uh, thunder and saying he won years uh, that he never actually won. Randall Tex Cobb was another one who went after him uh, because Randall Tex Cobb was, in fact, a, 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 a champion uh, who won and a couple of the times when, what's his name? I can't think of his name right now. The Frenchman uh, faked that. The reason I'm saying all of this now, I'm not off topic. The reason I'm saying all of this is your mindset determines uh, your abilities. That's why when you're in the hospital, they don't, doctors don't tell you uh, and panic you into believing that you're, that you're going to die because you're, you can actually keep yourself alive by not knowing it or believing you're going to be fine. So they don't tell you how close you are to death. They'll tell your family members. They shouldn't really do that too, but they, they have to by law. Uh, however, uh, this is this is where I'm segueing here, and then I'm going to wrap it back around. You'll see, and then we're going to go forward. You'll understand as we go today uh, that um, they, they've realized, honest scientists who actually paid attention realized that people who were sitting around praying for someone, and they, they literally said, I wonder if this actually has any effect. So they actually did real studies, but they, they tried them in laboratories, but they also uh, went and went into hospitals and, and followed people and actually checked this and then eventually had people sign to let them have equipment to actually be able to verify this. And uh, when people are ill and they have relatives who are literally praying or casting magic healing or uh, you know meditating and using energy in a positive way to help someone when they're in need, it actually has an effect in a positive reaction in their physical body and their ability to heal faster and come through surgeries and things like that. Legitimately 
has been tested. Okay. So this is some of the information they don't want you to know about because they are trying to convince you you're alone, you're by yourself, you have no power. They have eradicated from history anything in the Bible that says you have an immortal soul, that you are part of the creation. And this is why Raw is teaching constantly, uh, telling us, in, and it's not just that you read the all of the Dead Sea Scrolls, you will hear the same thing being taught to you in there. Any, and you read scrolls from other religions that are outside the big three that have been picked, handpicked and uh, censored during the different councils in the, in the, in the uh, Christian religion, especially during the, the last two councils of Nicaea. But there was 58 councils over the years. People don't know that. 58 times people decided to sit down and re-edit what you could know that is in the books of the Bible that you currently have in the big three religions, because they're all based on the same Bible, the, the Hebrew religion, the, the Christian religion, and, and the uh, Muslim religion. The Muslim religion is based on Moses and everything that happened during the Exodus. The, the Hebrew Bible is based on the creation story and then uh, Moses and that and that uh, everything that happened after that, and then David and on down through the years. The Christian Bible is based on the prophecy of Jesus from the, the Bible of Moses, from the Hebrew Bible, the same thing that the Muslim religion was based on. And, uh, and then the, the, that prophecy came true. But then the split is that the Hebrews don't believe that, the, that Jesus is, was, was the Savior uh, at, at all. And the Christians do believe that. And the Muslims don't believe Jesus was the Savior because they have their own. Right. And then that's why they're fighting. And all of that was done on purpose. Right. Well, then, you know, there is only one God. But and there's where it changes. Muhammad is his prophet. Jesus is his prophet. And, they, and then the Hebrews, they have their own prophet. And then and all of these religions and then the other ones as well. They believe that there can only be one prophet. Right. That there can't be more than one. But they, see, then now the Catholics, that Christian uh, religion, they believe there can be more than one, and they call them saints. They don't worship them as gods, okay? But they but they call them saints, and they venerate them. But then people look at them because they do that, and they have to uh, talk crap about that religion and say they worship saints like gods. So those people are crazy because what they're doing is they're showing and people and venerating people who have done spectacular things with their energy, with infinity, with the love of, of whatever creator, whatever you want to call that, the creation, the Godhead uh, in the universe. And they've actually performed what we on the 3D consider miracles. So therefore, they see them as holy prophets who have been doing the good work of the universe, of the Godhead, whatever you want to call your God, whatever you feel comfortable in, whatever uh, 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 religious aspect you've been trained and indoctrinated into, so you think that one is the only one that can be right, if that is where your, your mind is. You can still find that in that religion, okay? Right, yeah, Denise, Padre Pio, right? Uh, yeah, uh, Papa Juan Pablo. Uh, I'm partial to uh, John John Paul. Uh, because uh, John Paul was, John Paul II, uh, was the Pope at the time that I was knighted, and I was literally knighted on the day that he died, As, which means that I was knighted on the day of his feast when he was, because he's a saint now, although uh, I just realized that in the last four months 
in this reality, the reality that I come from, and I know I might lose some of you viewers here, the reality that the soul that is in this body was occupying prior to this one, uh, he had not been made a saint yet. and We were still trying to make him a saint. Then one day um, there was a shift. I knew there was a shift. And those of you who know me knew that that has shift happened. Uh, people who know me a year ago and know me today know that I'm a different person than I was a year ago, that I talk different, I act different, uh, everything, even though I'm in the exact same body, I've changed that much. Uh, then I come to find out that in 2017, he was he was venerated as a saint, canonized as a saint. And I was like, wow, when did, wait, when did this happen? And they were like 2017. I'm like, what? I literally, now, I, I, it's not like I missed it. I was getting knighted by the Holy Roman Catholic See on the day that Pope John Paul died. We were outside in the parking lot. We didn't have smartphones then. We had Blackberries, pagers, and cell phones. We were dressed in our, our full regalia um, with the tuxedo, because that's the now the the armor of a, of a knight. They don't wear armor metal plate anymore because it would look kind of weird if we we're walking down the street wearing plate armor in a time when, uh, you know, we'd be wearing Kevlar now, right? Um, so we're standing in the parking lot mustering, and there was, I think, um, 48 of us, or, or uh, I think there's 48 of us that were going to be knighted here in the West Coast of America on that day. And all of a sudden, all of our phones and Blackberries and pagers started going erupting. And we knew because we knew that the Pope John Paul was ill. We knew that's how it had, and everybody was milling about. And we all started getting messages and phone calls and Blackberry texts and, and emails uh, that Pope John Paul just died. Okay, then they came out, set up a podium with a microphone and, and told us the whole, whole ordeal. And it was kind of sad, but we all knew that we were being knighted and those of us uh, on this planet at the time who were being knighted, the reason why we were a partial to Pope John Paul was that all knights were banned from the Catholic religion, from all Christian religions after that whole uh, fiasco in, in, um, in uh, 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 when was that, 12, uh, uh, 1207, October, Friday the 13th. When when the the knights uh, when the pope and the king in France decided the knights were too powerful and they wanted all their power their money their land and and everything in their military so they went after them uh, on Friday the thirteenth that's why the number thirteen is unlucky now and and considered bad uh, I've done two shows on this you can go in my archives and and listen to uh, me and J D Jeffrey talking for three and a half hours about uh, the number thirteen and the Knights Templars and. Um, so they disbanded them because they could. They only caught maybe one-tenth of the actual people who actually sacrificed themselves on purpose uh, to buy time for everybody else to escape and disappear. And then they went worldwide and created the monetary system that we have now. Switzerland, they, they created that country, saved Scotland in that battle of Bannockburn that I talked about earlier. Uh, if you read the history, they didn't talk about it uh, in the movie that, that uh, Mel Gibson made. But when they were fighting that that last battle at Bannockburn uh, to get their freedom, uh, a bunch of knights on horseback showed up wearing white and uh, came out of nowhere and uh, rode into the battle and uh, helped win the day. And that happened uh, around the world in different places where these knights all of a sudden showed up with a different name, uh, up to and including uh, the Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria. Uh, that was uh, constructed in Spain and built in Spain uh, for the Portuguese sailing uh, um, 
a gentleman who uh, came to the United States and, and uh, found uh, founded officially for Europe, the United States of America, that being Christopher Columbus, who they now accuse of being a racist murderer. Uh, and the reason they're doing that is not just because he did do some bad things, but he didn't uh, he didn't kill and murder uh, all Native Americans. He was killing and murdering only one tribe. And that tribe was a warlike tribe that was the enemy of the tribe that they were that there was on the land that claimed that was their land and this they were at war with this other group. It, you don't know that because most of the history doesn't tell you that, but you can look into it and find that out. So so all of that that they showed in that movie that they made where he was just murdering all everyone and raping and pillaging the natives, that wasn't actually actual, that wasn't true. Uh, but they claimed that because why? Because he was actually a, a, a Templar knight. He was descended from the Templar knights. It's why he flew the the on his ships the white uh, uh and white uh, uh sails with the red cross a maltese cross on it and he also uh was knighted by them in secret and uh, they've done a study on this it's on the history channel uh where they he actually signed his name with a crooked x after he came to america he got knighted and became a knight not by the queen in spain at the time but he became a knight uh and the maps he was using we're the maps that go all the way back to, and this is not a joke, that go all the way back to, to Leif Erikson. Leif Erikson, everyone calls him Leif, like a leaf in a tree. His name was Leif. Leif Erikson, Eric the, the Red's son, uh, and, and his travels, that was the same map that Ragnar Northbrook used in real life. Uh, to, and he had a copy of it to find the New World. He, he was able to find England. Uh, and and knew that it was there. So the, the 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 seafaring sea people of the Viking North were the actual map makers that the Portuguese got a hold of, and they actually then were able to rechart and go all to all the places and became great sailors and utilized that for a thousand years. Uh, and that was actually maps that they got from the Vikings. Not a joke. You can look that up in history. Okay. So why is all this important? All of this is important because. The knowledge that I gained from that is the same knowledge that I'm that I'm teaching you and that Raw is going to be teaching you that we will. I've, I've, I swear to you, we're going to get to more Raw. And you're going to see that as we go along in this session and the next session, that your energy and your intention is everything. And this is what was taught to me in the in the 18 and 21 lessons of Merlin, not just the books that I read, because I did have literally uh, uh, 10 years, 12, 12 years, 12 years, actually it was 13, but on the 13th year, that was when my father died. But I had 12 years of training as a Druid to get the title of Merlin, uh, which I don't have a piece of paper for because, you know, there was no paper for, um, since the Merlins became uh, a title, um, you know, tens of thousands of years ago, we don't need a piece of paper. You either know what you're talking about or you don't. Okay. And that becomes very apparent. You can ask Cassie, for one, who spent a lot of time, almost a year, vetting me before, before she would in any way work with me other than uh, just on a casual basis. And that was okay. And I'm all right with that. And some of you are doing that now that are, that are out there. And I'm okay. I encourage that because if you pay attention long enough to anybody, their true colors are going to come through and you will learn from that if you're paying attention. And people that are genuine, you're going to know. And why is that? Okay. And, and how is that? Because people who are in fact in service to self, let's go back to energy and intention again. 
all of this is, is going to come back around, right? So the energy and intention, they cannot create. They can only control. So therefore, they will not be able to do anything, and they will start to control you. Those of us who are not trying to control you will never try to control you in any way. We will encourage you to be an individual and be aware of everything that's going on and protect yourselves. So there's, a, so there's the difference. You can feel, yes, Penny says, you can feel the difference. You can, if you're aware of that. And this is what we're trying to get across. And this is what Raw is trying to get across, not just in warning you that there's this group of people that have tried to take over this, this world, but how they've done that. And this is why I'm here to help interpret that. And you're absolutely right, Penny, right? Uh, and, and yes, I want to go back to what Penny said before that. Her comment was the Vikings were the original world traders and travelers because they were, okay? Her actual words were they were the original world travelers. And the reason for that was because they were trading. Uh, they found that, they started finding that when they dug up a mummy over in China and he had red hair tattoos and was wearing a kilt and his body was a thousand years old. That was in a time when Celts and Europeans shouldn't have been that far east. But then they said, well, you know, the land bridge and the Native Americans, the Caucasian people, then and this was a missing link. And then they started really looking into that. And they realized that the horse traders of the old times that set up all the trade routes that people utilized until today. Now we fly everything. Uh, but prior to that, all of those were, in fact, Europeans and they were, in fact, from northern Western Europe and southern Europe. They were, in fact, Vikings. And then they did DNA testing when the, the guys in Australia, Evan and Stephen and Evan Strong, worked with the scientists there because everybody says that Africa is where everybody came from. But some of us don't have any African DNA. How did they explain that? They started looking into it and they realized the Aborigines in Australia are very dark. They look like dark people from Africa, but they don't look like their bone structure. They have a European bone structure. So does that mean they originated in Europe or, or what? Because they don't have any African bone structure. So they started testing the DNA. And they found out that it's a completely different race of people and that there is an entire race of people on this earth that do not have any African DNA and they're still here. So they started tracing that backwards to find out. And what they did was they started realizing and they just figured this out in 2016. And now in 2020, they've, they've reported it to the world, but you're hearing that covered up because the world doesn't want you to know this, but it's out there. You can find it. And it, it really is true. I'm not making it up. They, they found that when they look back far enough in the DNA of people, even in the Middle East, they find out that their language and their DNA and everything is actually based on Norwegian language and DNA, old, of old ancient Futhark. But they didn't teach their language, so they picked up a lot of their religion and kind of melded all of that together. And that's one of the reasons why those of us who are theologians realize that across the board, the creation stories are so similar, but that has nothing to do with, say, the Viking creating the world or dominating the world. It was already that way. And when they found each other and then found the creation stories of each religions or philosophical or spiritual beliefs, they found that they were almost identical with only a few changes. And so that was easy. And that's how the Catholic religion uh, went about conquering people and converting them to Catholicism uh, is because they were aware that they all they had to do was show them how their deities matched the deities of the people they were trying to convert, and they could slowly convert the population and say, look, your God is our God, because the truth is they are all the same. 
And if you're a theologian and you've spent as many years I've spent from the time I was eight years old until now learning about philosophical, religious, uh, um, uh, you know, uh, spiritual practices, as well, along with military, uh, political and all of that uh, throughout the entire world. There's not much I don't know. And whenever there's something I don't know, I run down that rabbit hole and learn it. Okay. And it drives people crazy because I know so much about, and they're like, how do you know this? I've literally spent my life learning this. Literally. My father charged me with that and said, you, if you want, you know, cause I said, we lived across the street from a church, a Mormon church. Dad, are we Christian? I went to the Mormon church and they were teaching Christianity. And I asked my father if we were Christian. And then he said to me, look, this is what you have to do. If you want to look at a religion, you should look at all of them. Go to their places of worship, talk to the people that go there, talk to the clergy that goes there, read their indoctrinated Bibles or whatever their Bibles are or their dusty old tomes and find out if there's one that fits for you. And I literally took that to heart. And then when I started learning philosophy, I was taught by a monk who was a Christian monk that if you want to learn philosophical thought, the way to actually understand it, but he said understand at the time, is that you have to know about the person, when they lived, how they lived, and what was going on in their religious, philosophical, and political agenda or time period. So because of that, I've literally done that with everything. That the only way that you can determine what history is trying to teach you is you have to learn everything about that person, what motivated them and what they thought about and why they did what they did. And then what does that lead you to, Leo? What does that lead you to, uh, children uh, out there around the world? It leads you to the thinking of intention and whether they have an evil intention in self-serving or whether they have a good intention and in service to others. And that is going to be the outcome that you're going to find is the MO, the modus operandi, the motivational reason for everything that has been done throughout all of history on this planet in a cyclical manner, going all the way back to the Fibonacci sequence and the uh, golden mean ratio an hour ago when I started this show, is that you're going to find that the yin and the yang and that all of that is the feng shui, the feng shui, depending on how you want to uh, pronounce that, potato, potato, tomato, tomato. Let's call the whole thing off. If you're American, you get that and you laugh. Actually, if you're European, I think you get that and you laugh too. Um, but if you're not, you're like, what the hell is he just saying? Okay. So you will find that the motivational factor has always been a constant throughout all of time. And what has been that constant? The constant has been the nefarious ideology has known for most of its history what is the motivating factor for people who are not part of their religion and how to stifle them and get them to believe that they have no power, no strength, that they are alone and have them live in fear in their lizard brain in the lowest vibration they can make them without being too dangerous to themselves and make them be complacent and make them be not motivated and make them be scared and afraid and living in their ego in that portion of their ego, not the one that makes you believe that you are the greatest on the entire world. But they need those people too because those people are the ones that, that uh, will then make them a lot of money. Say in fighting, you had Muhammad Ali. I'm the greatest in the world. He believed it. 
And so he got out there and he got his brain, brains bashed in to the point where he ended up having a disease of his brain that ultimately had him to where he was in a wheelchair and his hands were shaking and he couldn't move and he couldn't even speak anymore because he took so much damage to his head. But when he was younger, he made billions of dollars for the fighting organizations around the world by doing what he's doing and all of the television and everybody around the world. Peter, welcome. So so they, they want people and need egoic people to sacrifice themselves for their benefit. But they can't have you because they know they can't create. So they need to get you to create. They need to get other people. So they trick you. That is what all of this is about. And to be aware of it. Now, let's go back to Leo's saying that he says, I didn't invent this, right? I got this from a Frank Herbert book called Dune. The first step in avoiding, and he said in his book that he didn't create it either. It's the oldest time. The first step in avoiding a trap is knowing of its existence. The trap in utilizing energy around the world for whatever purpose you're utilizing the energy is the, the lack of knowledge that there is infinite energy in the infinite universe in infinity for at your disposal and how you got access that, why you need to access that so that you don't end up utilizing your own energy and then in the process, damage your physical body, damage your soul, unalign your chakras and diminish your own abilities. They want you to do that. So they took the knowledge from you that would help you if with the understanding of being able to utilize three, six, and nine as below, so above, as in utilize the charm of making and balance your chakras, keeping you from doing all of that and, and making it so that it does damage to you when you do, so that it's just like shock therapy. When you do something wrong, they shock you until you do it right. Well, this is what they're, you're doing wrong. And so they're basically allowing the universe to shock you because you're utilizing your own energy or you're doing something for someone else who's doing something nefarious, just like what happened to Edward Casey. I know it took me a long time to get there, but, but trust me, if you listen to the last show and then you're listening now as we're going into session 15, then, then that is helping you to, to understand exactly what Raw is talking about throughout all 106 sessions and what trying to warn us about. Okay, we're going to continue with some more Raw. I know some of you probably left because you didn't want to hear me talk and you came here. I was expecting to hear Raw. Go read the books. You don't need me. If you're that, if you're that knowledgeable and, you, and you're okay with your own interpretation, you shouldn't have been coming here anyways. So if you're that awake and you know that everything that's going on, you don't need me. Go and read it yourself or watch the videos and, and, and come up with your own uh, version of what you think Ross saying. And I'm OK with that. And if you learn something that I didn't know, come tell me about it. And we'll put you on the air and we'll talk about it. OK, let's continue. OK. Then I should ask my questions rapidly so that I do not reduce the time. Is this correct? Ra, I am Ra. You shall do as you deem fit. However, we may suggest that to obtain the answers you require may mean that you invest some of what you experience as time. Although you lose the answer time, you gain thereby in the specificity of the answer as many times in the past we have needed clarification of hastily phrased questions. 15.4 Questioner, thank you. The first question is, why does rapid aging occur on this planet? Ra, I am Ra. Rapid aging occurs upon this third density planet due to an ongoing imbalance of receptor web complex in the etheric portion of the energy field of this planet. The th the, what, what does that mean? Let's interpret that. <clears throat> okay. 
the planet is off kilter by 23.5 degrees off of true north. Okay. Because of that disruption in the planetary field, the, and why is that? How did that happen? The disruption in the planetary field happened because of nefariousness. When they realized, when Ra made the mistake, when they were giving the information to the Egyptians, and the priests were, in, in fact, nefarious in service to self, uh, realized that they just got the secrets to the universe which Nikola Tesla alluded to, but if you can't create, and he knew this, if you can't create, then it doesn't matter. And that's why he said, if you want to know the secrets to the universe, think in, in uh, terms of, of energy, uh, uh, frequency, and vibration in that, in that order. And if you actually go and look at my memes on, um, I, don't, I don't remember if I set it up that exact way on Facebook, but I know I set it up that way on Instagram. If you go and, and, you, and you watch that reel, and he says that, and then go to the next reel, the one I posted just prior to that, that's called Heart Chakra. The Heart Chakra, the visual that you are seeing and the sound that you are hearing is exactly that. And it shows the Heart Chakra and it shows the the uh, the vibration. And then it shows, or first thing it shows is the energy of the Heart Chakra and you hear it reverbing. In fact, hearing it reverbing and seeing the video get, makes it plays a trick on your eyes and you actually start thinking that what you're seeing is moving. When it's actually not, there are actually three still uh, uh, pictures, and uh, so when you see it, you'll actually see in, you'll see the 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 energy. Then you'll see a frequency, and it literally, uh, as it's doing that, it goes from the human body standing there in the in the Taurus, uh, not Taurus, but Taurus, uh, in in the heart chakra, uh, the, the heart is showing there. To then the heart's bigger, and then eventually just the heart. Uh, and if you actually look at the visual, the visual is the the energy, the frequency, and then the vibration, and which is exactly what uh, Nikola Tesla that I posted right after that the next day. And so if you watch them in the other order from you know newest to oldest, and you get to those two, uh, I'm showing you the secret to the universe, but it has to do with the heart chakra. Okay, so the reason that uh, we have a short life expectancy on this planet, we're all going to explain this to you, but I'm going to explain it to you now in one way, and Rob will explain it again in a different uh, way, uh, and then I'll, I'll make sure that you that you get it, but I'm going to do it as, as best I can right here now, is because of our nefariousness. He's going to say that our our uh, affinity for bellicose, bellicose means, uh, in you know, the, our affinity, not infinity, affinity means our, uh, uh, you know, choice or, or our... Um, Craving, um, bellicosity means violence, and, and aggression, uh, and violence. So because of, uh, of people who are in service to self, they are aggressive, violent, controlling, and they took the energy, the information about the universe and how it works, this matrix, this illusion and how it works, and they kept it for themselves, and they utilized that and, and eradicated the memory from anybody knowing that, and then they utilized it, and they've been using it ever since. To this day, that was this, that was what they were. Now let's go back to everything I said before. Everything that they took out of all the Bibles was done because of the information that caused our life expectancy to get less. The life expectancy of a planet, the gravitational pull of a planet, and all of that is directly related to the humans on it or the beings occupying a body on it. This planet is, is corrupted and was pulled away from the light. And was pulled very far away from the light. And we are now starting to right ourselves. And that it, I told you this last week. Why? Because I knew where we were going. This week, I tell people I always get ahead of myself. Okay. So 
yes, our ability or our, our affinity, Penny says, our ability for negativity. Raw was unaware. Raw had been created in the time before the veiling. So they didn't realize when they came here what exactly that entailed because nobody was evil in their entire species. It was before the veiling. And when they got here and they were trying to help the people of this planet, they underestimated the ability of, uh, of uh, free will on this planet to be evil. And they took the information and were, used it for evil and uh, usurped control of the matrix. And that's what was the cause of, of, of this uh, planet becoming stuck. That's why they're here still helping us. They're trying to fix what they screwed up. And they're, they're here helping that. And those of us who came from Orion, that's where Raw's people came from, by the way. We also came here not, you know, to help them, to help you, to help all the people of this planet in the coalition that I'm a part of. Peter is actually in that uh, coalition with me. He's one of my cohorts in that coalition. And there's a few more of us that are in our little cell. And we then have groups outside of that that have bigger groups and have bigger groups and everybody it's like a dropping water in a pond or in a, in a lake or in the ocean. And uh, each cell is a drop of water that affects all other cells in the whole. Uh, and it comes from outside. That is how it's set up. And that's why it is successful because if they were to say, come get me, the only information they would get uh, from me is the people that are directly related to me. And that would give them three or four, uh, maybe five. And then those people, it would take them forever to try and track people down. And by the time they got to three or four cells, all the other cells would shut them off and cut them off. And that's why the Priory of Scion, if you look at the Da Vinci Code, was set up the exact same way. Uh, and that's why there was only four people who knew anything. And dumbass killed all four of them. And the only person that was still alive was... Sophie, who was the granddaughter of the grandmaster who was being trained in the Druid ways to be the next grandmaster to protect the, the information uh, from the world. Okay. And uh, she had a knight who, uh, it, who her grandfather realized, even though he called him a beat cop, realized that he was really a knight and would uh, be faithful to her. And he put them together. And Tom Hanks played that character in the book. That I know what uh, what uh, Tom Brown um, is that his name Tom Brown Brown based I had all of the same books and read them I don't own them anymore I had them but they but I I've gone light so I got rid of a lot of books but all the books that he based that entire book on that became that that movie I had the exact same books right it was Holy Blood Holy Grail it was uh, Mary and her Knights uh, the Holy Knights the, the Templar Knights and um, one other book there were five books that he accredited to. In fact, uh, Lee T. Bing was an anagram for one of the writers of Holy Blood, Holy Grail. Most of the characters in, in that and in the, in the things that happened in there uh, were, were anagrams uh, give, paying homage to the people that wrote the books that were based on other books uh, or based or, you know, or, or that wrote the other books that were uh, given down through history explaining all of that. And, uh, and he wrote that. And so people just love it. They think it's a great movie and, and they have no idea that the actual history of it, they have no idea uh, what that was all based on. And it was all true fact and real and real history. And it was a, what if, what if the, all of the stuff they talk about in history that has been hidden from the world is actually true. And one of the biggest things that is, uh, uh, is something that would have to be covered up would be that Jesus Christ actually had a wife and children because if he did, the church, all of the churches would not be listened to 
if the, one of their great-great-great-great-great-great-grandchildren uh, popped up and was able to prove they were descendants of Jesus. They would listen to them before they would listen to the church. So the church would then have to hunt them down and squash that information. And he brought that to a head. Only, unfortunately, he used the, the uh, wrong um, portion of the Catholic Church, uh, the Opus Dei, uh, making them the evil people that were trying to kill off the Jesus's. I wish he would have done a little bit more uh, research, and maybe he did. And, and that's why I'm not sure. Dan Brown, I apologize, not Tom Brown, Dan Brown. I got Tom Clancy and, and Dan Brown mixed up. Tom Clancy did the same thing on uh, with the 3D uh, military and CIA and all that. Um, but his some of his stuff was real uh, as well. True stories, but people don't know about that. Anyway, so Dan Brown um, said that Opus Dei was the evil people, and the truth was Opus Dei to this day teach people how they can serve the all in their regular lives. So they're, So he literally took probably the best sect of the Roman Catholic Church uh, in teaching people how to uh, serve, to be in service to others, because that's what Jesus was teaching in your everyday life without having to be a priest or a nun or something like that, or teach a Sunday school, that you can do that without preaching uh, a religion to people. And he turned that into something negative. The same thing happened when they did the mummy books. Um, they, they literally used Emotep uh, and has said that Emotep was the evil priest that was trying to, was having an affair with the queen and the king, uh, you know, uh, cursed him forever. And he was trying to get his life back and he was uh, undead and he was evil and he was trying to resurrect his, uh, his queen uh, lover and all of that. When in fact, uh, Emotep was the, probably the wisest um, medical person in history and all doctors and scientists when they found Emotep's um, um, dictionary of surgery said that had they found that first before Hippocrates, because it's older by 3,000 years, 2,000 years older than Hippocrates, that they would not be taking the Hippocratic Oath as doctors, they would be taking the Emotepin or Emotepin Oath. Uh, because uh, his stuff is what they're using now. All of these things where, where they actually started using uh, fish skin to heal wounds and burns and then eventually created, I've used it, created a gauze that, you, that when you wet it down becomes slimy like fish skin uh, and your body loves it and will heal you. That was written in a, in a, a medical dictionary 5,000 years ago by the Egyptian priest, Emotep. Okay. So they've corrupted these, these things in history uh, in, in allowing uh, uh, either by accident or on purpose, uh, these uh, characters in history that have done great deeds to be demonized, um, even though they're doing it for the greater good. Right. Do you see? So that is uh, another analogy of what they're doing to corrupt information and they're teaching the world because if, if you don't know the history of Emotep, if you don't know the history of Opus Dei, you automatically only know what you were taught in the books and the movies. Uh, and then you think Emotep was evil and you think Opus Dei is evil. When in fact, 
just those two examples were the complete opposite and and are the complete opposite. Most of your medical breakthroughs in the in the last 15 or 20 years that you hear about all over the world are not invented in this in this time. Most of them 97.5% of all medical uh, breakthroughs were taken right out of Emotep's uh, a medical dictionary that was written 5,000 years ago, okay? Word for word, using maggots on, on people when they have, you know, gangrene. Uh, the maggots only eat dead flesh, and they secrete uh, an enzyme that, that actually acts as a antibiotic and heals. And so now they started doing that in the last 20 years uh, around the world. Uh, and, and they showed that in uh, in the movie, uh, you know, uh, of... Um, Oh, what was the movie where it was the story of, of the Roman and uh, in he, you know, when, when he was in the mask and they didn't know who he was. That's a true story, by the way. <laughs> that was, oh, that was their version of Spartacus. And, um, but it, when he got injured and a guy from Africa came out of Africa, uh, when he was unconscious and he was um, getting festering, he put maggots on him and then covered uh, his wounds with honey and put a leaf over the top of it so the flies couldn't get to the honey. And that what came right out of Emotep's teachings, that honey also has antiseptic qualities. And if you have a burn or a wound and you cover it with honey, it's going to draw flies because you draw more flies with honey than you do with anything else. Then you have to cover it with something. And when you put a leaf over it, a green leaf over it, it won't stick to the honey because the leaf is, is green and, it, and, it, and it's, it, it won't pull the honey away and, uh, and draw the honey out. Where if you put a gauze over it, it'll draw the honey out because gauze is designed to draw out. Uh, you know, pus and blood and anything away from the skin to allow the skin to be moist and healed. So all of those things, you saw those in that movie with, that they made uh, of that, where what's his name? I can't think of his name right now, played the part, where he woke up and he saw these maggots on his arm and he tried to stop them. And the guy said, no, 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 no don't. And he pulled his hand away. You're, you'll be fine. Because he understood that. So, and the Romans didn't even know that, right? In the dark ages of, uh, in Europe, they were leeching people with leeches because they thought bleeding people would help them to survive. That's how backwards and, and erroneous they were and, and had no idea uh, what was going on in the world uh, as far as medicine. And then they found, uh, you know, the, uh, the uh, Hippocrates uh, medical dictionary from the Romans uh, and utilized that until 20 years ago when they discovered the Emotep. Uh, uh, thing. Okay, so all of that has to do with what? Let's go back to what we're talking about here. The energy of either nefariousness or the energy of uh, of people that are in service to others. And the reason, and then we'll, I'm going to play it here in a second, and the reason for Raw saying this is for everything that I just said and everything I've been talking about for the hour and a half and everything that I talked about for the last two and a half hours last week. Let's continue. Upform distortions of your peoples have caused the energy streamings to enter the planetary magnetic atmosphere. If you would so term this web of energy patterns in such a way that the proper streamings are not correctly imbued with balanced vibratory light slash love from the, shall we say, cosmic level of this octave of existence. 15.5 Questioner, do I assume correctly in assuming that one of your attempts in service to this planet was to help the population of this planet more fully understand and practice the law of one so that this aging... Rapid aging could be changed to normal aging? Ra, I am Ra. You assume correctly to a great degree. 15.6 Questioner, 
then it would be very beneficial for the people of this planet in practicing the law of one to learn ways of service. Am I correct? Ra, I am Ra. You are correct. If you will observe those oriented through a lifetime experiential distortion complex from near the beginning of that experience, you will observe a relatively youthful, as you would call it, appearance. 15.7 Questioner, what is the greatest service that our population on this planet could perform individually? Ra, I am RAH there is but one service. The law is one. The offering of self to creator is the greatest service, the unity, the fountainhead. The entity who seeks the one creator is with infinite intelligence. From this seeking, from this offering, a great multiplicity of opportunities will evolve depending upon the mind-slash-body-slash-spirit complexes distortions with regard to the various illusory aspects or energy centers of the various complexes of your illusion. Do you see, again, this is now everything that I said, hopefully what Ross has now made sense to you because I just prefaced that with, with two fucking hours or an hour and a half of me rambling on about, you know, when some people would probably have left thinking that I was rambling and had nothing to do with the law of one. And in fact, I was literally giving you parables, hoping that one of those parables would have you literally start to understand. And when Raw is talking right now that you would go, ah, that's exactly what Leo said. Only Ross is speaking to a nuclear physicist in, you know, in nerd speak. All right, let's continue. Thus, some become healers, some workers, some teachers, and so forth. 15.8 Questioner, if an entity were perfectly balanced on this planet with respect to the law of one, would he undergo the aging process? Ra, I am Ra. A perfectly balanced entity would become tired rather than visibly aged. The lessons being learned, the entity would depart. Yes, Penny, to answer your question, Penny, Penny said yes. So depending upon your energy is how things work. Absolutely, 100%. 100%. Depending on your energy, everything has to do with energy, vibration, right, and frequency. So maybe not exactly in that order, but all of that has to come from the heart. That's why if you look at all of my reels, people, all of my shorts, whatever you call them on whatever platform, all of the uh, the videos that I show, the music has to do with the visuals that you see, which has to do with the words on the screen. And you'll see that the one thing that is a constant in the theme of all of that is your heart chakra, and your intention, and what? Those three principles, energy, vibration, and frequency. Okay. It has to do with those three things in the universe and within you. Your balancing of those three things are what balances, and there's that number three again, because it's it's the three, six, nine. The balancing of you balances the those three energies in yourself, and then your intention applied to that balance in a positive way is the only way that you can gain control of or uh, in any way perceive infinity, infinite wisdom, infinite energy, all of that. And the people who are nefarious know this. So that, that is the knowledge that was taken away from you, was the knowledge that, first of all, you are immortal. You are a soul. The knowledge that, secondly, you are the actual creator. Every single one of us, when people get told by somebody in psychic, you're the chosen one. You're the chosen race. You're the, all of that. And then everyone gets this big head full of ego thinking that they're what the, the Hebrews believe they're the chosen race. We're the only ones that are going to heaven. The rest of you are Gentiles. And they got egoic about it. 
because they were told that. And buddy of mine uh, who just passed had someone telling the same thing. You're the chosen one. And then they get egoic with it. That's the best way of applying to your ego and then making you uh, get stuck in that knowledge. And instead of saying, um, not just me, the real knowledge is we are all actually, and if you, the, the one, and if you go back to the very beginning of, of the law of one and the very first session, when raw comes through and raw says, imagine that you are on a stage. Imagine that you are a thought, a thought of the creator. Okay. So everyone is taught that the, the universe has been created and there's this outside entity that is there and that we were created out of mud because most of your religions say that God created you out of mud. Uh, and so we were created out of dirt and that that's all we're worth is dirt to God. And then God breathed life into the dirt and then decided, you know what, I'll make it look like me. And then gave us the the making it look like in the in the in, uh, of me. So now we're holy, and now we're cool, and we're the chosen. And then there's this jealousy in heaven. Everybody's supposed to be angelic, but yet there's this jealousy between the angels and the gods in the in all of this. So if you have this human factor, uh, which you which should tell you something in all these religions, that all of a sudden these gods were fighting amongst themselves over who was in charge, who was number one, and then the people below them who were angels were then jealous because God liked the humans above them, and so now they're all egoic. And they're all fighting and warring amongst themselves. And then you have this evil Satan who leads a rebellion against God. And, uh, and, and then everybody falls and crashes to earth and are no longer angels because what? so God created this, this universe. And so wait a minute. So God is a child? Because if that's the case, then God's flawed and everything is there is no perfection because God is flawed. I won't even go down that road as a theologian. That'll take me a while. But I'm not saying that because I believe that. I'm saying that because that's what the religions will tell you. The stories that are being written to you and that you're leading you from all these dusty tomes are written for 10-year-olds. Speaking to 10-year-olds. Okay. In fact, the, the reading level is above a 10-year-old reading level. So, so it might be for, the, you know, for 12-year-olds. It is not written for adults by adults about adult things. It's there, but most of that stuff that is there has been taken out, and only the children's stories are left in. Neither a lender or a baller or a bee. All this 3D information was left in, but all the everything that is above that in spirituality was taken out. It's part of the modus operandi in keeping you locked into the third dimensional being and thinking that this is reality and this is real because they can control you here and make money off of you and live like kings because this is the only place they rule. Does that sound familiar to you? The devil only rules in hell. Okay. So they have to turn the earth into hell because well, your job is to turn the earth and all of your illusionary uh, practices into heaven because you have a free will, you have a choice. But they tell you that gaining that choice, you fell. So to have knowledge, you fell and crashed. And all these zealots, Christian zealots and, and uh, Muslim zealots and, and Jewish zealots will tell you that. And that I am possessed by the devil by telling you to be thinking for yourself and pay attention to history and see between the lines and realize that it's calamity. They'll tell you I'm evil and I'm leading you to hell because of it. 
you're already in hell. If you follow them and their teachings, you will, you will, and that is why the, the earth is off of its kilter. And that is why we no longer, and that, that's why in the Bibles, you can read that, especially in the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament and the Christian Bible, you can read that people used to live for 10,000 years. And then they go, when you ask that question, and then they say, oh, you know, they calculated the, the years different back then. I mean, look at the Hebrews. The Christians immediately point to the Jews. Look at the Jews. If we go by their calendar, we're in the year 8,000 something right now. But we're not because they follow the Christian calendar, which means that they started zero when Jesus Christ was born. And from that point on was one, two, three, four, five. So it's been 2,023 years since Jesus was born on this planet. That's why the Hebrews say there is no such thing as, as A.D., Anno Domini, which means in the year of our Lord. That's why they changed everything to be non-Christian. And that's why B.C. no longer means before Christ. It now means, B, and then they, they added the E, B-C-E, before common era. And they call the common era A.D. It's now common era because we're in it. So it's common. Even though it's 2,000 years old, it's common because we're all part of it right now. And that's how they get around that. So that's them trying to downplay the Jesus factor. Why? Because Jesus, like Muhammad, was had to be eradicated as much as they could. Why? Because they were teaching you to think for yourself and to have an immortal soul and seek enlightenment. Can't have that. That's why they murdered Jesus and he allowed them to. And that's why they went after uh, Muhammad. They were going to murder him. And he said, no, I, I've already had that happen. We already did that once with Jesus. I'm out of here. And he ascended. Okay. I'm not here to sacrifice myself. I'm here to teach. Jesus was here to sacrifice himself. And so that's why he did that. Okay. And so all of that is being done in the corruption of the knowledge. And you can call me crazy and change the channel. One day you'll be saying what I'm saying and you'll go, man, that guy that said that all those years ago, I thought was crazy. He actually knew what he was talking about. I've done that. I've been there. I've been the person hearing people talk like me and saying that person is out of their minds. And then one day I woke up and I woke up. And then I was like, wow. And then all of that starts becoming apparent to us as it dawns on us, as the as the night ends and light uh, shines and dawns on you or becomes apparent to you because I start acting like an adult and thinking like an adult. Isn't that weird how all of our sayings actually have to do with enlightenment? And enlightenment means that there is no more darkness, that there is now light. And that you see the light. Jesus, H, tap, dance in Christ, I have seen the light. That comes from the Blues Brothers movie written by Dan Aykroyd. Great movie, by the way. Funny. Okay. So let's continue here. However, this is appropriate and is a form of aging which your peoples do not experience. The understanding comes slowly. The body complex decomposing more rapidly. 15.9 questioner. Can you tell me a little bit about the definition of the word balancing as we are using it? Ra, I am Ra. Picture, if you will, the one infinite. You have no picture. Thus, the process begins. Love, creating light, becoming love slash light, streams into the planetary sphere according to the electromagnetic web of points or nexi of entrance. These streamings are then available to the individual who, like the planet, is a web of electromagnetic energy fields with points or nexi of entrance. In a balanced individual, each energy center is balanced and functioning brightly and fully. Okay, right? Now think about that. And I wanted to point out that, like, like Denny said, yes, Penny. Penny said, yes, because they made hell on earth. Yes. They turned heaven, they turned this beautiful creation into hell. 
and then they rule it. And then now that's changed. And people think, oh, it's getting worse. Everything's getting worse. It's not. It's actually getting better. And that, the proof is, I talked about this last time because I knew where we were going with the law of one. I talked about this last time. The planet is writing itself slowly. We're right now off kilter 23.5 degrees. We were further off than that. And we're, and the planet is writing itself slowly. It's wobbling and wobbling is becoming less and less. And as that's happening, the planet is, is coming upright. And it, and while that, and what is happening is that there's this movement on the planet where more and more and more and more people, 1981 compared to now, 1981, we had 2.7 billion humans on this planet. Right now we have 7.8 billion. I, I'm, I'm told that it's more like 7.9 and a half now billion people on this planet and the majority of the people it's 85 what is the rest of that you know 15 85 percent in service to others and 15 percent in service to self and the people themselves are moving back in a spiritual way and there's a spiritual awakening it is the age of aquarius and we also just ended baktun 12 the 12th cycle on this earth and we have now entered into the 13th three six and nine become the 12 and then where do you go from there you go to the 13th or the one what is three plus or three and one the three becomes the one that's why you have the one and the three for the 13 okay and that's why people before they said the 13 was illegal and and uh, ugly and evil 13 was the purest number like nine being the hex boson the god particle and eight being infinity 13 was the God number before it became unlucky. Okay. So, so let's, let's continue, right? <laughs> Here we go on the, on the major ride, right? Yeah. <laughs> Magic ride. Yes. Right. Okay. Let's continue. I'm going to um, let it play for a second. I'm going to run off and close the blinds because it's getting darker and my mom will try to close them and, and she gets kind of confused sometimes. So uh, if I don't uh, click in for about 30 seconds, it's because I'm running in the other room and closing the blinds to, to, and turning on the lights. All right. The blockages of your planetary sphere cause some distortion of intelligent energy. The blockages of the mind slash body slash spirit complex further distort or unbalance this energy. There is one energy. It may be understood as love slash light or light slash love or intelligent energy. 15.10 questioner. Am I correct in assuming that one of the blockages of a mind-slash-body-slash-spirit complex might be due to an unbalance of, shall we say, ego, and this could be balanced using, say, a worthiness-slash-unworthiness balance? Ra, I am Ra. This is incorrect. 15.11 Questioner, can you tell me how you balance the ego? Ra, I am Ra. We cannot work with this concept as it is misapplied and understanding cannot come from it. Right. See, the reason he says that is you can't balance the ego. The ego is there to teach you. Its job is to do one thing, and that is to be what it is. And we are supposed to learn from that and learn to control the ego and then rise above it. Let's see what Ra has to say about that. 15.12 questioner. How does an individual go about balancing well, himself? What is the first step? Ra, I am Ra. The steps are only one, that is, an understanding of the energy centers which make up the mind-slash-body-slash-spirit complex. This understanding may be briefly summarized as follows. The first balancing is of the Maka, or Earth, vibratory energy complex, called the Red Ray Complex. An understanding and acceptance of this energy is fundamental. The next energy complex which may be blocked is the emotional or personal complex, also known as the Orange Ray Complex. 
Okay, sorry about that. I don't know if you guys heard me. My mother decided she heard me in here in the dining room and she brought her soda in and was going to sit down at the table. Uh, she just came back from the bathroom and I was talking, so it got her attention. So I had to escort her back into the living room. So literally now we're starting to get into the, the, the explanation of balancing the chakras, okay, and the energy fields within ourselves and collecting that. So they went and moved. He moved from the ego. Uh, to the balancing of the body and what that will, and we'll get into that, right? What that will do with the ego. So let's continue. This blockage will often demonstrate itself as personal eccentricities or distortions with regard to self-conscious understanding or acceptance of self. The third blockage resembles most closely that which you have called ego. It is the yellow ray or solar plexus center. Blockages in this center will often manifest as distortions towards power, manipulation, and other social behaviors concerning those close and those associated with the mind-slash-body-slash-spirit complex. Now, the reason for that, I, I don't know if he gets into the details of that, but we'll all get into that. <clears throat> the yellow ray, let's explain that. I've said that many times, uh, right, getting, in, getting into that yellow ray. We are in the uh, Sol, our, what we call sun, the star here is shining in this third dimension, three, number three, shining here as yellow ray. Yellow ray is the third chakra, the number three. And the yellow ray chakra is the place of doing. So we're here in this place that we believe is reality, and this is the place of doing. So everything is you have to do something here. You have to physically do it here. That is what 3D reality is, this illusionary uh, uh, ideology that is this place is the place of doing. That's why their power is all in that realm, okay? So to have a blockage in the yellow ray causes you to become locked into the yellow ray, and that's where the ego resides. And the ego's job is to keep you in that low, only third place from the bottom place, okay? So the ego is necessary, though, because it holds you there until you then open your mind. On a natural, all things being equal, Occam's razor, you would learn that as you develop, your soul develops in, in less than 10 lifetimes. You would learn that and then ascend up through those and write that chakra. But everything in this place is now designed to make that balance become unbalanced and your ego uh, turned up, up uh, either you live in fear of a place of fear or you uh, think you're the greatest in the world, which you're going to immediately become a fearful of everyone around you and think they're trying to take what you have. So either way, it locks you into your lizard brain. So everything they've designed in the world, you turn on television, you turn on the radio, you turn on the internet, it doesn't matter. Everything is designed to keep you stuck in this place now because they are aware of it. Okay. And then my, myself and the millions of people around the world explaining that to you is your first step in avoiding a trap, is knowing of its existence. Okay? Yes, Denise said, but ego can be an issue if your heart chakra is, uh, is blocked too, correct? Yes, that's the problem is once that once your your yellow ray or you're stuck in the yellow ray becomes blocked, it unbalances all your chakras. Okay, and, but the the thing is, if you then because how does your heart chakra get out of balance? It's always because you start becoming in service to self, not others. 
Do you see? So it's everything is related. All of your chakras are related to one another. And, and your mindset is what you feed. And that goes back to the Native American, which wolf do you feed? Or the angel on your right shoulder and the devil on your left shoulder, which, which do you feed? In uh, in that aligns your to open your heart chakra, you can only be in service to others, and that will then bring everything back into balance, and it will balance your body, and that rises your consciousness. It raises, and this goes to what Penny was saying. Now we're going down that magic ride because that unlocks and opens in you knowledge, access to knowledge. And then eventually access to infinity, infinite knowledge, infinite wisdom, infinite love, infinity itself, and all the things that i am uh, been teaching all of you and that you guys all already are learning on your own from other people as well. Because that's those of us who know this throughout time have been showing you this and trying to teach you this. So if you are in any way locked into the ego, the yellow ray uh, uh, chakra, and you unbalance that by in any way allowing the ego to either make you live in fear and the ego uses the mind to tell you things to make you live in fear or you're living in fear because they're selling it to you on television, on the internet. Look out, this person's trying to kill you. They're trying to take away your rights. They're trying to do this and that. All of that is designed. This is why it goes back to that part of when the, uh, you know I was talking about politics that some people probably left and turned off is their design and they know about it. And that's why I was talking about that before, knowing we were going to get to here. So uh, that's why I tell people, when you think I'm rambling, you're going to find out if you if you are, uh, wait long enough. That's why Hamlet uh, did that in, in, in Hamlet. Uh, uh, Shakespeare did that, where Polonius was talking. He was talking too much about parables and the queen was getting impatient. And he said, um, dear madam, please be faithful. And you will see my point. <laughs> because he was trying to explain it to her and he was going in a roundabout way and, and she understood it and was getting annoyed because it was taking too long. And then he, but he didn't know that. And so when he said that to her, she didn't get mad at him because she realized that he didn't understand that she actually already got what he was saying. And she was like, get to the freaking crux of it. Uh, and some people do that without saying that to you. And, and some people will stop you. That's why I liked Colonel O'Neill's character in Stargate SG-1 because he didn't want to listen to all of that. And the good characters, they always do that. They did that in uh, in uh, CSI New Orleans as well with King, where the, the nerdy guys would start telling you everything like I do, giving you all the details. And they go, G -g -g -g. okay, just give me the, the, what is it about? Just tell me that. And so people try to do that with me and they get annoyed because I'm trying to give you all the information on the tools you're going to need. Because if I just popped off and said, Literally, like Raw is saying now, 90% of the people listening to Raw would not understand what Raw is saying. <laughs> okay. Uh, and that's the truth of it. That's why, right? And so then he says that you're not rambling. You're explaining what Raw is saying and, and getting at it. Right. So but that's my point. And, and that's the, the they show you that in uh, in the stuff. So not everything is, is bad. You have to realize that everything is 50-50. But if you're not paying attention then the, the ego will start getting stroked in some way. You'll either think you're the best on the whole planet, you're the chosen one, or you'll live in fear. 
And fear is what they're selling because they, they don't want you to be trying to take over the world because that's what they're trying to do. So they're trying to sell you fear. They're trying to keep you in that mindset, keep you in that ego and keep the fear coming on the, the, the newscasters speak with a tone that is pushing fear. And uh, have you noticed that like one night you'll turn on the television and all of a sudden they're telling you about the five stories about death and people dying and being murdered and killed. Why are they doing that? Why do they make a whole segment uh, a whole night dedicated to one theme of, of because they're telling fear, they're preaching fear to you because they want the ratings. You'll be locked into the show. Oh my God, I was watching the news and people were dying in five different states from derailments. A, a thousand, uh, a freaking 10,000 derailments a year happen in the United States alone, right? And, and so, yeah, do we need to fix some shit? Yes, we do. Do we need to have those railways move a little bit slower? That would call, but no, we got to get that shit there. You want your shit. I want it here over fucking night. I want to be able to order something and get it tomorrow. Well, the only way that's going to happen is they have to truck it somewhere. They have to get it to a, a, from overseas, get it to the freaking port, have it from a port to a train to go somewhere to an airport, to be loaded on a plane, to be flown to the hubs, to be put on a van, to drove into your fucking house. So the next time you're worried about these uh, these trains uh, flipping off the tracks, remember that you're in a hurry to get your shit, and that's causing them to fly faster, drive faster, and pull the trains faster and cut corners, and that's what's killing people. So when you go, the government needs to fix that. It's them that's doing it. No, it's not. You're driving it because they're promised to get it to you absolutely overnight whenever you need it, no matter where it is in the world. And the only way they can do that is they need to be in a fucking hurry to do it. They need to cut corners to do it. None of that shit happened back in the day when people uh, lived and it took a month to sail from America to England because they were used to it taking that long and things moved slower and the railroads moved at about five miles an hour and sometimes as much as 10 or 15 miles an hour. They were concerned when the automobile was, was actually invented, you can look this up, that it would crush the human body at 25 miles an hour. Because horses would run at 15 to 20 miles an hour. And, and if you're trying to hold on to a horse, that you feel like you're going to be crushed. If, if so, you know, so they, they were worried that cars were going to go too fast and that people would be crushed. Okay, that's how slow everything moved. Nowadays, everybody wants to get into a car and drive 150 miles an hour because they want to get to a place and they want to be there already. That's all still part of their narrative. Uh, and, and to drive you to pay more money to get these these items from around the world because they order them because they anticipate. I was in retail as retail manager, and I used to order all my own shit until companies to, tried to get away from all that and take that and put robots or computers uh, ordering everything automatically so that it took the the, uh, the the people out of the equation who were that was their job was to to see what was selling and what was doing uh, uh, well and anticipate that and invent new ways of making money. That's how I made my money uh, as a retail manager. I was known for that, that and fixing stores that were broken. So my point here is that, that you don't think that you have anything and any control over what's going on in this world, but you do up to and including. And this is why when they have all these self-checkouts and everybody's like, I go to the self-checkout. I'm like, really? So when your kid is 17 and wants a job, there won't be a job there because you took his jobs away by going to the self-checkout and they fired all the humans and they have one person standing there waiting for your dumbass who doesn't understand the computers to try and figure out how to check your own shit out. And then they have the one smart kid there that's going to help you help your dumbass with zero education figure out how to ring up your own shit because I don't want to go and stand in those lines and wait for those people. 
because then what they did was they took away half the staff and gave you no choice. The lines are now twice as long over there because they were trying to incentivize you to come over here. And if you go over to watch the people that are scanning the shit, the lines there are longer and they take longer because no one knows how, what the fuck they're doing. And they're trying to scan their own shit. And then they also have to be watched because why they're trying to rip the store off. And what does that do? You don't know this, but that cause makes the cost of all of the goods in the store go up because they're losing money by you stealing it. Do you see, you guys need to take a civics lesson because everything, there's a cause and effect for everything. Everything that you take for granted and, and get pissed off because I ordered something and it took them a, a week to get here, you're, then, then all of a sudden uh, planes, trains, and automobiles are crashing all over the United States and you're getting mad at corporations when they're just trying to get the shit to you as fast as you want that shit to keep your fucking business because they promised it to you and, and now they have to, to live by that themselves. That's why there's regulations on things. So you, so your mindset is driving the world. If you ordered something in a company, you said to the company, they said, we can't get to you that until three weeks. And you said, okay, they're not going to try and hurry up. They're going to get it to you in, in less than three weeks, but they know that they don't have to get it there tomorrow. And then they're going to tell everybody that. Okay. And then what they do is they have this thing that's called, uh, un, it's called uh, under promise over deliver. Okay, if you go to Disney, when I was there, the motivational speaker used Disneyland, but anywhere where you stand in line for rides, if they have any brains, they will have, while you're standing in line, you're walking along, you're going to see a sign that says, from this point, you have a 45 minute wait to get to the ride. You go, oh, Jesus Christ, really? Okay, but then all of a sudden you get to the ride and it wasn't 45 minutes, it was only 30 or 25 minutes. And you're like, wow, man, that went hella fast. That's called, that's called under promise over deliver. They knew it was going to take between 20 and 30 minutes for you to get to that point from that point because they, they study this. Okay. And then they lie to you and tell you it's going to take you longer so that when you're pissed off thinking it's going to take almost an hour to get there. And then it takes only a half an hour to get there. You're going to come back and you're going to tell everybody, Oh man, no, you know, I don't believe those things. You'll get there sooner. And that's, that's they're under promising and over delivering so that you will then believe you got over on them and you got there quicker. That's what they do with everything. Okay. So if they tell you it's three weeks out, there's a good possibility you're going to get it before three weeks, unless that person is telling you the absolute truth. And you'll realize that because it'll get there in exactly three weeks. And usually they'll tell you, Hey, look, we're, we're going to be on time, but it's going to be three weeks. Okay. Those people are being honest with you. All of that drives what happens in your reality. And you, and you have to become aware of all of this. You have to think about these things. And the only people who think about these things are people who are entering into adulthood in their psyche, okay? Because then you start to see the bigger picture and you're not just locked into, how come I ordered that and it's not here yet? You call the company. What the fuck is your problem? I'm going to go to a company that can get it to me from China tomorrow. And now how do you think that's going to get here from China tomorrow? In truth, there's no way on this earth that you can order something that is only in China right now that can get to your house if you're anywhere other than in China in 24 hours. So it has to come from a hub. So that means somebody has to have already known that that was going to be ordered and it has to be in the country you're in to get it to you in less than 24 hours. And even then, they might have to fly it across that country to get it to you. Do you understand? Most people don't understand commerce and how that works. Okay. So all of that drives the mistakes that happen. 
and but they want you to be in that because they're trying to speed up your mind in the 3D because they're trying to turn everybody into computers. I'm not going to get involved in that. It has to do with the temporal war. Okay, but all of this is driving everybody to instant gratification, and that is in service to self, and that's what's keeping your vibration low, and that's what's keeping the planet off kilter and all of your chakras out of alignment. It's in everything. When, when I was learning about the Temple Knights and, and back then at the time, they believed there was so much evil in the world that it was in the very air they were breathing and they were aware of that and they lived their lives accordingly. And I thought, those guys are so crazy to think that. And now that I'm awake, I go, they were fucking right. They actually understood, understood 2,000 years ago, 1,000 years ago, that Everything was designed to corrupt your soul, and in doing so, it corrupts your body and your chakras, and that corrupts your energy, and that affects how long you live because it makes you unhealthy, and unhealthy people die earlier of diseases. When you are not, not lined properly, when you are not balanced properly, your life expectancy is less. Those people who as live as Lao Chi said, when he said those people who can create their own illusion and live in that uh, illusion will find the way to heaven. He was literally giving you the secrets, the tools uh, that tell you if you're aligning your chakras properly, you will live longer. But you will also find your way to heaven and back to the source because you're living your life that way. So when I was knighted, that is being taught currently and the reason going back to john paul the reason that i'm uh that more than just being knighted on the day that he died i didn't get to finish that was was that he was the pope who after 160 years of the temple knights reinventing themselves uh and in part because they also reinvented the temple knights but in part as the as the knights of columbus they were outlawed in the Catholic Church, in the Roman Catholic Church, for 160 years until Pope John Paul II then literally took two million knights around the world and said, you are now a holy order of the Holy Roman Catholic Church again. Okay, So he was the pope who did that. So as an as a, uh, aspiring knight, as a holy monk, a paladin, a brother knight, before I was actually knighted, it was very important to me that Pope John Paul II did what he did for the church and for those of us who were holy knights, who were literally in service to the all and service to the world. And so when I was knighted, and it happened to be the day he died, we all wanted him to become a saint because then we would be the only people on the planet who were knighted on the day that he, who we believe was one of the greatest popes, that ever lived, that did the greatest deeds for the human race by accepting millions of people who are knighted, who you no longer have robber knights. You are vetted before you have to be invited and you have to have knights who are fourth degree knights who will then vouch for your character as being in service to others, not in service to self. So that diminishes the amount of people who are in service to self that get into the entire organization to begin with. Not saying that it, they, they're, they're not there because the Sith always uh, blinds the, the Jedi from their actions. The Jedi has to be wise enough to notice and see them being, what is that? The first step in avoiding a trap is knowing of its existence. And it's only the most wise like Yoda and, and, uh, and Mace Windu. That's why they had to kill Mace 
uh, because they were there was four on the council of the, the whole council of six, eight that were in fact wise enough to see what was going on when they looked. But you had to know what you were looking for, and Yoda was really good at that. That's why they tried to kill Yoda, and that's why he went into hiding and became the last of the masters who was then teaching from that point, teaching Luke and then Luke and Leia and that whole uh, part of the storyline. Okay. So let's continue with what Ross talking about. However, the balancing of the chakras is, is vital and none of the other chakras can be in balance. If one is slightly out of, you can live with them. But the, the two that are the most important being the yellow ray and the green ray, the green ray is the heart chakra. The yellow ray is the, is the chakra of the, of the of solar plexus um, that we live in on the third planet from the third ray, yellow ray sun in the reality that is three dimensional, three de third density. So that is prevalent to us in this place. And if it's out of balance and you, and you listen to that and you, and you uh, have that out of balance, then your heart chakra automatically goes out of balance to balance. Your heart chakra is to balance all of the other chakras. And that's what they wanted you not to know. And not to do, because the one thing you have to know about is the heart chakra. And that's why the Star of David is literally a, a 2D rendering of the heart chakra. The, the five-pointed star, the pentacle, is the same thing. Okay, That's why you see that in most of my posts. You see the heart chakra, or you see that image of that. I forgot what it's called. There's a name for the heart chakra. When it is crystalline, when it's balanced properly, it literally becomes a diamond it literally starts to crystalline and become a diamond. All your chakras do that throughout your whole body. And I knew a person, I don't know if she's still alive. She had a brain tumor. I don't know if she's still alive, but she would literally secrete. She was like the the, the vampires in, in, the, in the movies that they did where they had the team vampire and team werewolf, uh, where the, in the sunlight, they would, they would glisten like they had diamonds. She was doing that and secreting it in her tear ducts. She would take her hand and hold her hand uh, and the sweat, the sweat off of her palm of her hand would literally have a little uh, a glimpse of light like diamonds in it. Because as you align your chakras, that they become crystalline. And that plays on the light and reflects the light like a diamond. Okay, here we go. Those with blockages in these first three energy centers, or Nexi, will have continuing difficulties in ability to further their seeking of the law of one. The center of heart, or green ray, is the center from which third density beings may springboard, shall we say, towards infinite intelligence. Blockages in this area may manifest as difficulties in expressing what you may call universal love or compassion. The Blu-ray center of energy streaming is the center which, for the first time, is outgoing as well as inpouring. Those blocked in this area may have difficulty in grasping the spirit-slash-mind complexes of its own entity and further difficulty in expressing such understandings of self. Entities blocked in this area may have difficulties in accepting communication from other mind slash body slash spirit complexes. See, so literally telling you right there, this is why I, everything that I've said to you today has to do with this. Literally telling you that it, it, in this place, if you springboard, you can springboard. If you balance your heart chakra, that will balance everything below that and help you to balance everything below that. And when you do expand the heart chakra, then that will help you springboard quickly up through the rest of the chakras. But you have to get the love part down. And yes, Denise said, my dad always said, take your time, you'll get there, especially when waiting for a table at a restaurant. My father was the same way. I do that, and it drives people crazy. 
um, my ex-wife was always in a hurry to get somewhere. And I would always say, why don't we just leave earlier so we can take our time and not worry about it? And then I would also say, she'd be like, oh, my God, if we don't get there, we're going to miss the movie. I'm like, no, we're not. Movie theaters start a movie. And if it's a big blockbuster movie, it's going to be in like two or three and sometimes four theaters. And they're going to start one either every 15 minutes or every 30 minutes. So if we're if you're trying to get there at seven o'clock and you're in a hurry and you get there at 715, chances are you're only going to have a 15 minute wait for the next movie. Because if you're going to a movie and they're only showing it in one theater, okay, then you need to plan ahead and make sure you're there 15 to 20 to 30 minutes early unless you already have your tickets, right? I'm a Virgo. We plan that shit out, right? I'm not going to get rush in and try and find a seat in the dark and end up either down in the very front or up in the total up in the back. Uh, if you want to be somewhere in the center, those fill up first. You got to go and get your popcorn, your soda, and then run in, get a seat. And then you send somebody in to get a seat while I get the popcorn. Then I got to come find you. And you're trying to wave at me and, and hope that I get there before the actual movie starts. And I just missed the trailers. And most of us love, I worked in the, th in the theater in industry. I loved watching trailers because that's how you saw all the movies commercials first before they were on TV. Now it's so instantaneous that you see the commercial on television, uh, you know, six months before their before the movie comes out, uh, and it's already there. And then now these days, you don't get to go to the theater. Hollywood's dying, anyways. Uh, it won't be too much longer. No one watches all their show their award shows because they're nothing but uh, wokeness and uh, and you know uh, politics. They're they're literally the religion of of uh, nefariousness uh, playing out before your eyes. They always have been, but people are starting to catch on. All right, let's continue. But nowadays, if a movie comes out in the theater, they go only in theaters. All you have to do wait now. It used to be you had to wait a year before you could get the movie on tape and watch it or get the CD uh, or DVD or whatever they have now. But nowadays, it'll stream the next day or a couple of days later. So you don't even have to go to the theater anymore. You can pay, uh, you know, instead of paying $15 in the movie theater here in America, I don't know what it's like around the world, but it's $15 to $20 here in America. And now they're starting to charge, uh, depending on where you're sitting in the theater. So pretty soon they're, they're, what they're trying to do is sell you seats in the movie theater the same way they do in a stadium to watch a sporting event or a concert. They're like, why aren't we charging like that? So now that's what they're getting at. And they're going to be doing the same thing. So the seats that are in the perfect spot are going to cost you $100 to watch a movie because they know that they're not going to have blockbuster movies that are going to sell out uh, a million, a billion seats in a year. They're only going to have a million seats. So now they got to charge. 10 times the amount to make up the money so they can still have these $100 million budgets for their movies. Hollywood's going to die pretty soon. The, the, and, and the actors know it because they're making computer generated movies now. And eventually they're, they're going to, that's they're just making cartoons. That's what, for those of us who remember them drawing the cells and making cartoons, that's all they're doing now with computer generated shit is they're just, that's the new cartoon is a, is a computer generated movie. And eventually that's where all movies are going to go to because they can't afford to do all the other shit because then they have to appease those egos from everybody involved, including the, the stroke, the egos of the beautiful stars. Uh, and they all have to win awards because everybody has to win an award now because it can't be a competition. So some people get pissed off because they don't win the awards and then they have to buy into the, the people and, and appease the people that are in charge, which are old cronies who never were in the industry and, and are has-beens in the industry who are then, you know, making you their slave. That's the cabal all over again, making you their slave and pimping you out and having sex with you so that you get an award. I mean, let's be serious. Talk to those people in Hollywood. They'll tell you the producers fuck you. The directors fuck you. The writers fuck you. And then the, the people that are giving you the awards to make you even more money or all of them are raping you. 
they're sucking your dick, fucking you in the ass or, or raping you as the females, making you suck their dick. Pardon my American, but in my crudity. But that's the truth of what was going on and has been going on. The Me Too movement in America started because one brave woman stood up to all of that. And then uh, other women started following in line. And then it took another two years before men started standing up and saying, you know, I'm having the same thing happen to me. And, and because, you know, these same people that no one knows about are either gay or bisexual and all that shit's going on. But then they quieted that down as fast as they could. That whole thing went to sleep in, in less than five years. They needed that to shut the hell up because it was exposing too many of them. Think about all of that. It has nothing to do with politics. Politics is a religion. And to know that is the first step in avoiding that trap. All right, let's continue. So balancing your heart chakra balances all those chakras below that and allows you then to springboard upwards in your development quickly. This is what Raw just said. The next center is the pineal or indigo ray center. Those blocked in this center may experience a lessening of the influx of intelligent energy due to manifestations which appear as unworthiness. Okay, do you notice though, he went from the heart chakra and skipped over the throat chakra to the pineal gland chakra and called that the next center. Okay, that's, in, that's an important analogy. The, all the chakras are the major arcana, but within those, the first, the third, the, the fifth, is that the fifth, the fourth? The heart chakra, yeah, the, the fourth and then the sixth, those those in that order are are centers of the major arcana. And then the one above that, which is outside the head, uh, which is, is, is uh, they don't have a name for that one. Uh, and then there's some description of color that changes depending on the where you are in the world. Some people show it as yellow. Some people show it as white. Some people show it as another purple color, but more of a pink hue to it. Uh, uh, you know, uh, so there, there's some changes there uh, as to what that light is. Um, but by the time you get there, it doesn't matter anymore because that's the light of, of, of the universe. That's the logos. That's the, the um, pneuma. That's being. Uh, and, and then that's really when you start getting uh, into the seventh, uh, going into the eighth dimension or density. And we, we don't know what that looks like here because they don't communicate with us uh, because that's at the end of our octave. The lowest octave ends at the end of the seventh. And then there's a whole nother octave that goes eight, nine, 10, 11, and 12. Do you see? So the first goes one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and then eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, or the one is the other, is the other portion. Okay. So it's but so it's not seven and seven, it's actually halfway through and halfway through. So it would be six and a half and six and a half. I know that doesn't make sense to you right now, but those of you who does that did, does make sense to you're going oh stellar, that's beautiful because it does, because six and seven is thirteen, right? But that's because the two halves are on the other side of the other octave. So, but it literally is halfway through the sixth is. The end of where nefariousness can get. So that that's where that ends. And so that other half of the seventh for those people in service to self uh, th then becomes the in service to, to others section before they move to the eight. So it's six and a half and a six and a half, uh, which makes number 13, which is the one, which is one and three, the three being you and uh, your intention and the one. So that's why it's one and three. It's not four and it's not 14 and it's not uh, three, six, nine, 12, and then three more being 15. 
It's because you become the one. The three becomes the one, so you have the one and the three. I know it sounds really weird, and it's almost backwards, but when you get here in your development, it becomes perfectly clear to you. Uh, it's like when I said to Jacqueline Taylor uh, when we were doing the uh, zero point, and um, I wanted to do the after the zero point, and some of the people that were uh, producing it with me got angry with me and went, it's the same thing, because they didn't get what happens? And uh, when I was talking to Jacqueline, I said, uh, it's, it's six, three, nine, 12, but uh, adding the other three doesn't become 15. It becomes 13. And that's because of the zero point when you go through the zero point. And th that's what Jacqueline said to me. That's because you become one. And I was like, right. And she's like the one and the three, the three becomes the one. She's like, oh my God. And she was like, but they don't get that, do they? And I'm like, no. And that's also why they use the one and the three to make a, a heart and a smiley face when you're typing uh, by the way, it's the one in the three that you would use, and that uh, is is uh, showing people a heart, uh, and the heart shape is what going into one, coming from two or the three, the triad up and around and down to a point, becoming uh, one. That's going through the zero point and becoming, uh, and that's where you become. And that, so, in science has got it all upside down, and they say zero point. The the zero point means the lack of all movement and energy, void. And so as long as they think that they'll never they'll never get it in the universe. They can't because they because they, they have no idea what that means. And so they think that the lack of everything in this reality means nothingness. And we don't tell them because when we try, they say we're crazy and don't know what we're talking about. And we're OK with them thinking that because they're not ready to know that. And that's what Nikola Tesla was referring to when he said, I love I I actually love uh, uh, Einstein and all of his constituents because Einstein's uh, erroneous theories were so full of folly that it led all the scientists uh, uh, astray at down his road and not down the dangerous road that I went on. And that's because he realized, that's why he was working on free energy, because he realized uh, creation and infinity and if the scientists who were in service to self were able to access that knowledge, that's why he also said, and I have these memes and I haven't put them up yet, but I would be, you'll be seeing them, where he said, in fact, one I do have up already, that he said uh, that universal, you know, true enlightenment can only be achieved through universal enlightenment. So uh, literally, you, you have to understand or understand the universe uh, to actually understand or understand infinity itself and unlock the that in you. But you can't do it if you're in service to self. Can't. And so, so that's why he jokes about it and openly said it. And I say this now because scientists would just, the, the concept is so foreign to them, they cannot accept it. They refuse to accept it. Cannot possibly be that. And those who then realize that it is, they realize they can't do it. And that's why you have people being uh, abducted, uh, like Ritley Strieber, Strieber, when he wrote the book Communion, he wrote it and called it that because he asked the gray aliens, what do you want? And they said they wanted communion. What were they looking for? They were looking for the spark of life. They were looking for that connection to infinity and because they don't have it, because some of the gray aliens are, in fact, constructs. Okay, 
And because of that, they don't have an immortal soul. They have no creation. They have an immortal soul, but they have no creation ability because they're completely in service to self. And they're trying to figure out utilizing the computer because they realize that the computer reality is very similar to this reality itself. So therefore, if we can take control of this reality and move into it, we should be able to simulate the exact same thing. Okay, but the secret is, and the, but it's an open knowledge when you know it, they can't because they weren't designed to be able to do it because they were created. That's why it's imperative that they say there is no creator of the universe and there is no God because to believe that there is and teach that to your own people and your own religion <laughs> suggests in and of itself that you can't create because you were never given that ability. And you have to refuse that. That's why I said in last week's show, there was a guy who was trying to get the, in, in, you know, under God taken away from the Constitution and taken out of the Pledge of Allegiance. And when he was in court, he literally said, I defy your God. Not, I don't believe in your God. Not, I don't believe your God exists and there is no God. I defy your God. Okay? And that is a, the true spoken words of an evil person who is in service to self, who is narcissistic and is egoic and 100% locked into this 3D reality. And that means their heart chakra. And that was what the whole purpose of the, the Grinch who stole Christmas. His heart chakra was diminished because he was too involved in himself and, and in hate. That was an entire cartoon was teaching children. Until he discovered his own love and that people cared about him and loved him. And then his heart grew three sizes. There's that number three, by the way. His heart grew three sizes. And then he went and turned himself in and said, I was the one who stole everything. And I've brought it all back. And I am sorry. And he was able to do that because his ego wasn't bruised anymore. Uh, all that is what you're supposed to learn from that. And it teaches you that. There's many other stories that you watch during Christmas and around all the holidays that are teaching you the same thing that you don't aren't aware of it unless you're on an adult level looking down on it. It's like a being adult and watching uh, Mr. Rogers. If you watch that movie where Tom Hanks played Mr. Rogers as an adult, or you go back and actually Google or go on YouTube and watch old Mr. Rogers programs, you're going to sit there and go, Oh my God, he speaks like 4,000 times too slow. And he's talking to three-year-olds because he was. <laughs> but when you were a kid, you didn't realize that because he was speaking to you. And he was speaking on a level that you can understand. And you didn't realize it. And as an adult, you didn't realize it because you remember him when you were a child through your child's eyes. And now if you go back and watch it, you go, oh, my God. But then you start to realize if you're an adult, you realize the teachings and they're so simple to you now. But when he was teaching you that, and when you were watching the Schoolhouse Rock, those cartoons, they, I still have that. I didn't delete it. I think I may have just deleted that. Uh, they did that live Schoolhouse Rock thing for the 50th anniversary or 30th anniversary or whenever it was. 50th anniversary, I think it was. And uh, when I grew up, we used to watch those cartoons uh, during the cartoons on uh, Saturdays. They would have those shorts on all the time. And each one was a song. And they were teaching you things, how to read, how to write, how to spell, uh, how the Congress worked, all of that stuff. Uh, and conjunction, junction, what's your function? I'm setting out words, phrases, and clauses. Love those shit. Still have that stuff memorized. I'm only a bill. Yes, I'm only a bill. I'm sitting on Capitol Hill, right? I mean, we knew the songs because they were teaching us. 
They were bards. They were they were druids who wrote that, and they were bards, and they were singing songs, and the tones and the cadence in their voice, and the music being played, and the words that were being were designed to get in your head and to teach you with magic. But people don't even know that to this day. They just redid that to show it because it had a big effect on the whole United States and probably Europe. And and only druids listen to that and go, oh, man, those were bards. Those were bards who wrote that. Someone knew. Whoever wrote that was a bard. Okay. Right? Penny says in capital letters, oh, my God. She says, OMG, thank you for bringing back my childhood. Laugh out loud. Because... You don't know it. It's in your head. There's been, and the reason I show this is because I just got done telling you that everything is designed to to hypnotize you and to keep you into your shocker, but it's not true. And but there, but the, that is happening. But you have to realize that there's a 50-50 equal opportunity for everything. And but the problem is we don't see the positive and venerate that because we're programmed to pay attention to the negative only. But there's people out there that are giving you the positive as well. You just don't know about it. And it's getting into your head through what we call osmosis. Okay. It's getting into your head through osmosis. That means it's there. It's getting into your subconscious because bards are teaching it to you. I tell you this all. I have bard training. I tell you this. I've been in singing and in music my entire life. And I'm doing it right now to you. I'm hypnotizing you. I'm using the tone of my voice, the cadence of my voice, and the words that I use and the analogies that I use. And I'm giving you information that is getting into your brain, that is getting into your immortal soul. And if you and if you are a person in service to others, you're going to accept that. You're going to see it for what it is, and you're going to see the truth and realize it. Like Penny said, you know the difference. And if you're a person in service to self, you're going to be fucking hating me quickly, and you're going to leave Every bit of my vibration, every bit of what I'm doing is far too upbeat. It is far too chaotic in, in your life because your chaos is order for you and my chaos is chaos to you and my chaos is order to the universe. And it is anti everything that you stand for unless you're in service to others. Do you see? So I do the same thing and I do it on purpose. And I told you about that. You know, there's one person who caught it because he was in he's into uh, um, uh, hypnotism and he caught that. And I'm not the only one that does it. So I'm, I'm not I'm not saying, trying to say I'm the only one that knows this. OK, Jesus Christ knew it. Mohammed knew it. All the best speakers on the planet know it. And they speak to you in a certain way. That's why the Bible was written in a certain way. And that's why uh, when we were talking last week about the, the book, uh, where is it here? I have it still sitting on the table. What did I do with it? Oh, I, I moved something and put it on top of it. I put the mail on top of it. But the but the book uh, that was done in the style came through. Raw came through in the scientific style of uh, verbiage to Dawn because Dawn was a nuclear physicist, and because I was going to be a physicist, and I have, have much, much, many years of, of scientific and physics training. Um, I'm able to uh, understand what's being said, but because I'm also more awake uh, than I was the first time I read the Law of One, I'm more inclined to be able to interpret even better what Ra's saying. And that's why when people say to me, what gives you, what you, why, what makes you think you know what Ra's talking about? Because I know more than what Ra could tell you in 1981. I know more than what, than what Ra could get across but Raw was getting it across, but it didn't come through because Dawn did not understand it. 
So when they wrote the books, the information is in there, but you have to have the eyes to see it. Okay. So when I was talking about the book, O-A-H-S-P-E, that book uh, is channeled in the 1800s in the style of the writing that you would read in the Old Testament in the Hebrew Bible. Uh, And uh, and it, and that's the way it comes through. Certain ways that you write, that's why the cadence uh, in my books, when people read them, if you're locked into the 3D, I'm going to drive you nuts with my grammatical errors in my books. And I also have spelling errors. Um, but I, but the, the, a lot of them are done on purpose. And I, I say that now, there's a few. If you look at my, uh, my different reels, there's a few. There's one that has four spelling errors in, in one. And that's the one where the guy's walking down the road and it's saying, uh, talking about that. And there's four words, uh, Denise, you saw that there's four words that are spelled wrong. Those words are actually spelled right. They are the wrong word in that sentence for that sentence. So if the, if the word that that is trying to tell you in that sentence is what you're looking for being spelled properly, it is spelled wrong, but that word is actually a correctly, those four words are correctly spelled if you look up those words by themselves out of context in a dictionary and you will see that those words or were, were literally a code telling you more enlightenment than what the words in that uh, thing were telling you when you read it. If you read my books, you're going to find that those things are happening as well. And, and if you look in there, you're going to, it's rare that you're going to find where I missed and a word is actually spelled wrong. And there's not another word that that is, has a definition of. And those are few and far in between. But most people with the grammatical errors and the way that I speak in in the three books that I've written, um, there are codes in those books that you're going to get spiritual things, but you have to have the eyes to see them. So that means you have to have the knowledge to hear them in your head. And that means you have to be able to interpret them, which means you have to be in a certain place. And I did that. And, and, you know, most people read them. But when they read like the law of one, I'm sorry, not the law of one, the the, uh, um, ancient aliens, uh, it's written literally in a, in a, in a sixth grade reading level. And I had somebody get mad at me and go, this looks like a seventh grader wrote it. I'm like, if, if, show me a book that didn't, unless it was scientific research that wasn't written that way. And I'll show you a book that was written uh, more than a hundred years ago. Okay. I was just literally looking at Emerson and they started trying to read Emerson and I was like, Oh my God, I can't read this. This must have been written a hundred years ago or more, because this was this was actually written uh, in in a in a way in the the verbiage. And most people say, well, that's it's a you know it's a, a very knowledgeable way. I'm like, no, it's not. These are the words of rich people. This is the words of those people that are the cabal who who say things very wordedly, and ramble, and, and very wordedly ramble in a way to where you can follow them if you have the knowledge and the classical upbringing that they have. They did that on purpose to separate people from the poor people who had no education. I'm not saying that Emerson is not a wise person, but you have to have a 12th grade reading level to even start reading Emerson. And you have to have the patience of Job because Emerson is one of those people that wrote flowing, talking far more crazily than I do. But not. But again, there is a code in there that if you have a classical upbringing, you will understand what Emerson is saying. And Emerson was very, very wise. And getting around the algorithms 
But the style of writing at that time dictated that you could not get a book published if you wrote it for the masses. You had to write it for rich people. So there's a lot of stuff in there that on the 3D level you won't get. And it seems like he's just going on and on and on and on and on. But for those people like me who are very to the point in, uh, in everything because I don't feel like I have 100 years to learn everything because I know that I could never possibly learn everything in a lifetime – and I'm trying to reading Emerson for me is like reading a, a first grade novel written for first graders and hoping I'm going to get something new out of it. I probably will. I probably will if I take the time to do it, which I will get through. But going into it ahead of time, you need to know that it's like I tell people about me. You're going to hear parables. And the way Emerson wrote was was more than seven parables. OK, I speak with seven. Emerson spoke with nine most of the time and sometimes 12. And there was a reason for that. And I get the math of it. So I'm not downplaying Emerson. Don't even think I'm trying to say I'm smarter than Emerson or any of that in any way. Uh, if you can if you can get through Emerson and you read Emerson, uh, if you ever read The Lord of the Rings and you read the books, all of the books uh, of The Lord of the Rings and you got through that, you can read Emerson because that was written in the 40s, but it was written in the same style. Uh, and and uh, also, what was the other one? The um, White Gold Wielder. Uh, if you read those novels, uh, that was also written in, by an Englishman who wrote in that old school style of writing to where he would spend a half of a, and I do this in my speaking, so I get it. He, he would spend a half of a chapter explaining to you the, the scene and what it smelt like and felt like and what year it was and what time of the year it was and what was happening with the leaves and the whole nines to paint the whole picture to you. And some people, they can't listen to me because they're too linear and it takes too long for me to get to the point in their minds because they don't realize that I've literally just told them the same story seven different ways. So those people get really annoyed with me and change the channel really quickly. And I, that's because I didn't hit their way of learning in the first two or three parables. They happen to be down on the list. And I, I switched those uh, when I talk. So sometimes they could pop in and, and go, oh, wow, I kind of get him. And then all of a sudden not get me because I, I flip flop back and forth. And I do that because sometimes I start at a high level and pull you back down. But most of the time I'm starting at a low level and pulling you up. Um, but even at a low level, people still learn seven different ways. So I try to go across these uh, things quickly and, and, and try to pull everybody up. But I still lose people that are very low vibration. And then uh, even the high vibration people that are can't wait for me to get to the high vibration. And Emerson does that to me, is my point. Emerson, when I read Emerson, I go, oh, man, I know where you're going with this. But I know I have to take my time and be faithful and, and wait. And so I will get through Emerson's uh, book. Uh, this is the, well, I forgot which one it is now. It's over in my library. Um, but it's one of those that I have to take my time with because I know I'm going to catch a bunch of shit that he's saying uh, on with all of these different parables and some, and then realize the differences and, and know that he, he's getting into parables, but he's also uh, in our codes. He's very smart. And I see that. And so it's hard. Uh, so if you start to read Emerson and you don't get it, don't get annoyed. Just wait. Eventually you will learn in your uh, upbringing. You will get to a point where you'll start to get Emerson. But if he thinks you, you think he's babbling or just rambling too much or moving, it's the style. And you're not used to that in modern day because they stopped using that style uh, and changed the way that they spoke uh, in, in this. It's like the Bible style from 2000 years ago. 
and uh, the, the Middle Ages and the style from the 1800s and 1700s. And now uh, going through the changes we've gone through in the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, we've changed a great deal in a short period. And so the, 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 the psyche and the, the verbiage is um, completely different and evolves very rapidly in this modern day because we're condensing everything and things are happening very fast. All right, let me continue here. I know that that may have not made sense to some of you, but some of you went, wow, okay, I get that. And, and that's will help you to understand me, but it'll also help you to understand when you're reading older stuff, um, time periods dictate a certain uh, verbiage. Uh, reading, uh, for instance, if Cassie was here, um, reading the Necronomicon, the version that he and I, that she and I have, uh, is written from um, the Moldekian uh, script uh, for, from 5,000, 6,000 years ago. And the verbiage that they used then for casting a spell would be a whole chapter for one spell. And we have now condensed that. And I teach people how to condense that with your intentions, uh, where you don't have to venerate 400 gods uh, before you can cast one spell and you can, you can, uh, you know, consolidate your, your stuff into one single word, an entire concept. We've evolved to the point of, of understanding or understanding the concept of concepts when it comes to all of that. And so if you literally track uh, the vibration of the people, then they were a lot simpler and more childlike than we are now because they were further away from the light. So it took a lot more for them in their understanding, and they had to have longer drawn out processes. In fact, one spell uh, in that book would have taken three months to do, not a joke. Okay. And now I'm not saying that those spells have more power than the ones today because we can get a, a spell done in a half a second. Uh, and I'm not saying that ours are better today because we can get them done in a half second. And it doesn't take three months. The effect is the same. If you know what you're doing, the difference between magic with a K and magic with a C and, uh, and however, we have learned over the over the different years uh, to improve upon and to and I've taught this for many years, 30 years now. I've taught people how like Opus Dei, the reason I brought that up in the magic industry, in the Wiccan and the pagan and the Druid industry. I used to uh, teach classes uh, showing people how every in your everyday life you can utilize uh, magic in a, in a friend of mine, uh, Desiree. Desiree Starr, who uh, also was was surprised to know that I knew that when we would talk about people uh, trying to cast a spell and it would take a long time and we both would giggle and say, well, why don't they, you know, you can do it now. She was a, a Wiccan priestess in, or still is and, uh, and, and realized that the same teachings that you can literally, and I teach people this even today, an entire concept, you, you get the whole concept, you can write it out ahead of time if you want. Uh, and I teach people that as well. I'm a really good spell writer, by the way, a spell weaver, a spell caster. And um, I just showed Cassie that um, just the other day. So did Peter, GV, when uh, he and I decided that, because Cassie was saying that this woman who was there, and some of you in the crowd know that because you've talked to her, who was there was causing issues. And I was like, she's in service of self, man. That's nefariousness at its best. And she was like, I, I need this to stop. And I was like, well, I'll fix that. And literally said, I'm going to cast a, a reflect spell and an expose spell. And Peter GV jumped in and said, I'm doing the same thing. And uh, and I said, and Peter's got your back too. And literally in that day, her entire 
uh, uh, scheme came unraveled before her eyes. And Cassie at the end of the evening was like, oh my, everyone now sees her. And I'm like, well, you're welcome. Literally, we did that in a second. We, it didn't take us a month to cast a spell. We didn't have to wait for a new moon or a full moon. Not saying that you can't and shouldn't do those things for certain things. To, you have to do them right. And I teach that too. We teach starting from the beginning. I was talking to Cassie about that and showing her how I used to teach that and how you can literally detect uh, casting a, a bubble, a circle and teaching people this. And we we do that on purpose to bring you up through starting you wherever your skill set is and then bringing you up in your vibration as you align your chakras and as you unlock more and more uh, information and, and wisdom and knowledge on your way to the infinity, infinite wisdom, infinite knowledge, infinite love, inf infinity itself, uh, that, that as you're doing that, you need less and less tools, less and less verbiage, less and less time, okay? And that is because and why I've said all of this is because outside of this plane of existence, past, present, and future, and I talked about this last week, past, present, and future happens now. It's not separated like it is here. So as you're ascending to that place, all of that starts to condense and consolidate into the now. So when people say, how do I know whether or not I'm getting close to waking up or starting to wake up? When you start getting deja vus, you start having the knowledge of something before it happened in your head because you're starting to perceive the reality outside of this illusion as now. So what's happening is you're starting to glean that. You're starting to tap into that. Again, going back to the Akashic record, the Akashic records, the hall of records, you also start gaining access to that. Okay, so as those things happen and you move up in your vibration, you have the, the only way that can happen is to align your chakras and the center focal point of that springboard is your heart chakra, the green ray chakra of your heart. And that is the major arcana of and that why I stopped here and then we'll get into the to the indigo and the purple in a minute, the violet. Right. And then Raw is going to as well. I stopped her on purpose to go through everything I just went through to get you to realize nefariousness and the uh, and the uh, narcissist, the, the person in service to self. Their major arcana is the third yellow ray chakra. They live there. They do not go above that. Only they only skim above that and utilize those chakras in a distorted way to venerate and control in that third yellow ray. The, the in service to self, major arcana is the green ray center of your body, the heart chakra. And then the next is, and this is where I, I stopped when I said, you notice that Ra said these different chakra points. And that one is the pituitary gland, which is the indigo ray. And that is the next uh, uh, major arcana, which unlocks all of the wisdom. And that's what opens up the, the, uh, the violet ray and then above. And that's where you start expanding out to the universe. And that's why the springboard is the heart chakra, because when you, when you violate, go from the, the, the yellow ray and you, and you move into the heart chakra and start expanding that, that sh quickly shoots you into the, into the, to pituitary gland, the third eye chakra, and opening and, and getting those two quickly, everything goes back. And then if you count the chakras, you're in the sixth. 
halfway through the sixth is as far as evil can go and they have to change their ways and but they don't have to then go all the way back down and move all the way up on the positive side they springboard at from the pituitary gland when they open the third eye and i'm currently wearing my third eye wide shirt when you start to open that third eye you can only open that third eye by opening the green uh, ray chakra of the heart and then you can open the indigo and that immediately when you open that springboards you then uh, uh, up through the, the sixth and the seventh. Okay. And this is what Raw is talking about uh, in, in alignment. And that is directly related to the gravitational pull of the planet, the axis of the planet itself, uh, the gravitational pull of the moon uh, coinciding with our planet being off kilter by 23.5 degrees. Science is just kind of starting to understand this. As our planet is writing itself, the moon is actually moving away from us uh, at the exact same distance that it no longer needs to have an effect on the earth. So it's pull on the earth, which has been running our ecosystem on this planet is, um, is needed less as we are uh, being able to do it ourselves. Do you see? Let's continue. This is that of which you spoke. As you can see, this is but one of many distortions due to the several points of energy influx into the mind slash body slash spirit complex. The indigo rebalancing is quite central to the type of work which revolves. Uh, okay, so maybe we'll stop here because I want to cover Penny what you just said. Okay, I'm, I'll stop here for the, for the, we'll start this question over next week. Okay, because uh, I do have to get off soon because it's almost seven. But that's a really good thing, uh, Penny. Let me explain that to you. When I was younger and I thought I was awake then and I was waking up, every time I closed my eyes, I was always see purple when I astral projected the first time. Uh, and not on purpose, but it, but it was done. Um, I saw life energy as purple. I still do. Uh, and, uh, and I was always told, you know, the green ray is the love energy. Why am I not seeing the, the green? Why do I see the, the purple? Uh, and, and Penny said, and so I'll read this to you guys. In fact, I'll put it on the screen uh, so that you guys can see it. Uh, it but uh, those of you on the uh, MP3 file, you, you can't see it. Okay, so uh, she said, um, all I ever see is purple, but uh, everything is in my heart. And then she said, I, uh, she said, always see purple. Yes, 100%. Okay, the, the reason that, that you're, you're seeing that is because your third eye is, is opening and, and open. And the third eye... Is, the, is in the pituitary gland, and that's why in uh, the Law of One, they showed you that, and that's why the, the Eye of, of Horus, which people mistakenly call the Eye of Ra, uh, if you look at that, and it's in my beginning uh, um, um, song with the video, uh, the reason for that in the Egyptian uh, pantheon was that that was a representation of the third eye. That's why the eye was where it was, and it was it was the third eye, and the pituitary gland is the little thing, dangly thing that's coming off of that eye, uh, and then the other part that's going over the back, which is the eyelid and the eyebrow, is actually part of your brain that actually exists. So when they got uh, when they look at the brain, let's say from the side, from one of your ears, looking directly sideways uh, at your, if they cut your brain, your your head in half. Uh, it literally looks like that on the inside. The Egyptians were aware of that. And that is the pituitary gland. And the pituitary gland is connected to the third eye. And all the information from the third eye goes through the pituitary gland out to the rest of the body and aligns the body. So when you're seeing purple, the reason you're seeing purple is because your third eye is in fact awake. You just are or may not be aware of it or you are aware of it. 
And you're seeing the energy because when you close your eyeballs, your physical eyeballs, the purple that you're seeing is you seeing through your third eye and the energy that you're seeing is the energy of the third eye. So the third eye is, a, is open, um, but, but, but you're not training yourself to actually see with it. And I was doing the same thing and I still do that now. So you're automatically, when you close your eyes, you're automatically going to see purple in your third eye because that's what, that's when you know it's awake. And that's how you know that your third eye is open is the fact that you can see that energy. And that's why they know that it's purple. That's why they know that it goes the indigo, but goes to the purple. The indigo is the pituitary gland. The, the uh, above that, the next chakra above the, the pituitary gland is the, the lavender or purple or, or violet. Uh, and, and they know that because they, because wise people see it. Okay. And you're seeing it because your third eye is awake. And, and so the first thing you do when you want to see with your third eye is close your eyes or learn to see that purple with your eyes open. That's one of the harder things to do, but it's part of the training that we receive and that we teach. Uh, is is having your third eye open when you are have your these eyes open and be able to see with your third eye at the same time as you're seeing out through these eyes and you will then start to see a slight haze purple haze all in my brain man sang about that and everyone thought he was on drugs in the 60s and he ended up dying um uh sang the song called purple haze and everybody thought it was only about purple haze the acid that he was taking um but that was it was about that he was utilizing that uh, so that people who had a higher understanding realized, yes, Jimi Hendrix, Denise, yes, Jimi Hendrix, uh, had a very high understanding of what he was talking about. And so when he was saying purple haze was in my brain, he was using the purple haze uh, to unlock the doors. That was the third eye. And he was seeing, that's why they called it purple haze, by the way. It wasn't just, they colored it purple on purpose. And it was called purple haze because it unlocked your third eye. That's why they got ahead to keep these drugs off the streets because the drugs that they were using in the 60s, the doors, that's why they wrote, the, they made the band called The Doors. They were unlocking doors with psychedelics. And you can still do it with, you know, DMT and, and ayahuasca and, and stuff now. And even THC, if you get it at a high enough level, above 100 uh, parts per million or somewhere between 85 and 120 parts per million, uh, then it really unlocks. That's why, why do you think they call it high? It really unlocks that third eye and above. Okay, and people are doing that now. LSD, yes, LSD unlocks that. And so if you're not, if somebody's not fucking with you and giving you a bad trip, the trip that you're going to have, if somebody would explain it to you, is a good thing because it's unlocking a part of your brain. It's not doing damage. They want to tell you it's all damaging. It's harming your brain. It's killing brain cells, and all of that is happening. And what it's doing is they're telling you it's killing your consciousness and it's making you um, be distorted in your thinking, and it's evil. And in truth, most of the time, unless you're using it way too much and then it is doing damage and you're not getting the effects that you're supposed to, just like, uh, you know, doing something and looking at the Akashic records for your own benefit, uh, doing physical damage to your body, the same thing happens. So if you're abusing the drug, it abuses your body. If you're using the drug for enlightenment, it doesn't. Everything, it does that. Okay. So when you're using it for your own advantage, then you're going to harm yourself for doing so. And if you're Wiccan or a Druid, you understand that because do what thou wilt, but harm none. Because when you do harm people, you get back what you sent out three times three. There's those numbers again. And it's three times three, three, six, nine, the God energy, the universal energy, the creative energy, and you will get that back uh, doing damage to you. 
And that's taught to you uh, on the positive side of those religions. Okay. And there's a reason for that, and it's very deep. And this is why uh, Peter made the group, and I, and and he and I uh, preached this, returning to the old ways, because Druids, and, and the, the 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 Druid way, not just the Druid way, but all ancient ways, are all so similar that they are the same. That is the information that they don't want you to know. That's why they've tried to drown out all of history and eradicate it. That's why the first thing they do in these movements, look at, at BLM and, uh, working with Antifa in the United States and around the world. Destroy everything and rename everything that teaches you anything, whether it's good or bad. They, they don't want it. They need it to be no teaching. So they destroy the statues. They get God out of your churches, God out of everything. They destroy all history. And they only teach you the part of history that they want you to know and control it so that they control the narrative and teach you what they want you to know only, and they eradicate, knock down, burn everything else, and get rid of it. It's the first thing they do when they take control of a society is they change what the, what the words mean, uh, all to mean slavery words. They take uh, equality and turn it into equity. Equity means they own something and that there's a price for it, and it's worth something. It has nothing to do with equality. Equality means equal opportunity and rights for everybody. Equity means I own your ass and you're worth a certain amount of money to me. And I want to make sure that you have the proper equity. That means that this would be if I had a house and I was trying to make sure that my house had the proper equity, that means I'm trying to make sure that my house is worth exactly what my house should be worth on the market to everyone else. They're doing the same thing with your physical body by trying to tell you that you need equity, not equality. You don't need to be equal. Equal means you're just as equal as them because you can't teach equality and say everybody is equal to each other. Because that means you're just as equal to the rich people and the elites and the cabal. They can't have that. So they teach you that equity means equality when in truth equity means what you're worth to them. And they want to make sure that you're worth exactly what you should be worth on the open market if they were going to sell you as a slave. And the only way that that can work is that you have to buy into their indoctrination and be the slave, the good slave, thinking the way that they want you to think and only the things they want you to think to be a good little worker bee in the society so that therefore they make with them the proper amount of money off of you that they're supposed to make. Look those words up and figure that out. Okay. And people, when I talk like this, go, there he goes, he's talking politics, I'm so out of here. I'm like, no, what I'm trying to do to you is show you that it's a religion and their verbiage is in front of your face. That's why I put that that, that thing from the Bible uh, up uh, Peter 1, 5, 8, Peter chapter 1, verse 5 through 8. And in that, it says, we live in a time when the devil doesn't even hide from us anymore, and yet the population can't see him. Why I put that up on, on my reels <clears throat> and the song that is going along with it. Okay. So my point of all of this is that. Okay. And so you're seeing purple because your third eye is open. So you always see purple. And what you do with that is focus. And that is learning to look with that third eye and see with it to remote view, to go to other places, to astral project, dream walk, all of that. So don't feel bad when you always see purple because you're seeing the life energy. And that's why if you look at that that song that I have, Sade's uh, Kiss of God uh, in there, she says, look to the sky, it's the color of love. Because the truth is before the night sky, 
before it goes completely black, it is in fact what? Goes into the lavender, into the purple. It goes through the spectrum and it goes into the red and the yellow and then the indigo and then into the purple and then goes to the darkness. Do you see? So in, in and I show you all of the, the different uh, forms of energy in that reel. And if you listen and she says, look to the sky, it's the color of love. If you look, the predominant energy color you're going to see wrapped around everything in all of those pictures is purple. Okay. So subconsciously, if you ever watched that reel, you were getting that in your head through osmosis, whether you were aware of it or not. But for those of you who are awake and you saw that, you were like, it's bloody brilliant. And he used the song by Shaw Day where she's literally singing about the kid, the kiss of God. And she says, something in me, draw me to you. That's the portion of the song that I have, the chorus of the, of the song. Something in me, draw me, drew me to you. Look to the sky. It's the color of love. That's why that words are in that with those visuals in the, why those visuals mean what they mean in there. And if you look at that, I'm showing you the Taurus. I'm showing you the, the three, six and nine. I'm showing you infinity. I'm showing you infinite wisdom. I'm showing you infinite love infinite power and and that your heart chakra is the source of all of that and that you are the source of all of that and she was telling you that in that song okay and what well, and you should right penny says i also see the energy in a golden color also uh in a tunnel effect in the the tunnel effect when you hear about people that are crossing over to the other side you will hear that they went through a tunnel uh, to do so. That is going through, and that's the top of the Taurus. That's why uh, the Taurus, that's why I show that in my opening uh, video as well. And I show that in the theme of all of my Tauruses. If you look from the top down or the bottom up and you look through the center, it is a tunnel and that tunnel goes into the zero point. So when you're seeing that, yeah, that is when your soul is, is literally, you're seeing the transition into the spirit realm uh, and beyond that, the expansion in becoming, the expansion, you have to go through the center to, to find the, the heaven. Thoth, Toth, Thoth in the Egyptian pantheon in the golden or the emerald tablets of Thoth teaches you that in there, that the way to God is through the center of the earth. And that is the, the, the center as a Taurus, the globe as a Taurus in the three, six and nine energy. And it's open in the center from the top and the bottom. When you're there looking up or looking down, it is literally a tunnel that goes all the way through. But if you go into it, you diminish into the center to the zero point, And then you come out the other side and the energy of, uh, of all the universe, the infinite energy, which is the figure eight energy that closes that circuit into infinity itself is the creative energy that never is uh, ceasing and that is an infinite forever. And the only way to access that is to go through the center. And when you're seeing that tunnel, that is the, your higher self showing you the way. Okay. And when people are dying and have an out-of-body experience, they're being shown the way. And then they pop back into the body and then they go, I went through this tunnel. And when I got through, they never say I went all the way through to the other side. They say I went into this tunnel and then there was this light. And then when I got there, I was told it's not your time and they sent me back. So if they really analyze that, they never reached the other end of this tunnel. They got to the center of the tunnel where there was this bright light. And then they were pushed back because they were they went through. 
the center that's going into the underworld in the ancient uh, religions. They talked about going into the underworld. And I talked about that last week that the underworld literally meant most scholars don't know this. And most theologians don't know this going into the underworld didn't mean going into the place where the devil is and where evil is, where darkness is. They use that in a 3d uh, a place to, to, to take you out of your uh, seeing, hearing, knowing, smelling centers of the of the of the place, this yellow ray place of doing to alienate you from that so that you were forced to only feel the energy. Raw says when they built the pyramid in Giza, it was designed to do the same. And it vibrates, and we know this physically now, that it vibrates at a certain frequency in different chambers. And it was designed, and Raw said this, for you to go into one chamber and sit down and it alienates you so that you have no anything happening to you from the outside world in this reality. And the vibration then pulls you up into a higher realm and it expands your consciousness and opens up these eyes. And that we don't need those anymore because we're currently doing it without having to have that tool. But 5,000 years ago, 10,000 years ago, when that pyramid was built, we needed those tools because we were so far away from the light. We did not have the ability to do that in the 1960s. In the world, people were taking psychedelic drugs because they were enlightened enough to where the psychedelic drugs would then enlighten them more and open up those doors. Here come forward now to, to 60 years later, we're currently able to do this at will without drugs or medication. But they had to do it then, but we can still do it now with the same uh, drugs and medication. That's why people are having an even more angelic experience today by doing the same drugs they were doing in the 60s because they're already like a hundred times more enlightened and awake now going further than they were in the 60s going to where they were going. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, that sent me back. Uh, I was 12. They, they wouldn't let me stay. Right. See, okay. So they, you were 12 years old and you uh, crossed over and they, they made you come back because it wasn't your time. And you had gotten out of your body and started transitioning. And they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And see, there's the lie where they tell you that's the, 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 the trap that has been set up by evil aliens to, to trap your soul. This is what the ancient aliens people are teaching today. Uh, the big narrative that they're all running down the field of. And they believe this is the truth. And that this is the lie. Don't go into the light. And don't let them tell you that you're on a secret mission. And that you're going to come back. Because then what they're going to do is zap your soul. And eradicate your memory. And stick you back into a body. And you'll be come back here. And you won't remember any of it. And then, you'll, and then you're going to be stuck here forever in this prison. And that's a that's a lie. It's it's just a, what they're teaching the, these people in the narrative, based on that whole lie that that, that Zachariah Sitchin came up with, with translating Anunnaki uh, into meaning the god Anu came to Earth, which then was mutated by Giorgio Sukalos in 2012 to those from the heavens came, and the entire ancient aliens world ran with that, and now uh, Anunnaki became an entire species from Stitchin's wrong translation of, of translation of those words, Anunnaki, thinking it was Anunnaki, and meaning the god Anu, which was an Arcadian god, and he knew the word of the Anu from the Arcadian language. So they must be the same people because they live next to each other. So they must be referring to the same god. He made that assumption, not knowing that the word Anu and Na together meant royalty. But the people who actually translated the, the actual language will tell you, linguists will tell you now, he translated that wrong in 1948. They ran with that since 1948. And now, literally since 2012, they've changed the whole pantheon of Marduk and Tiamat. And now they're calling Marduk Anunnaki Marduk. 
So he's literally become Anunnaki Marduk, and, and that changed quickly. But in 2012, they added Anunnaki onto that list of the Pantheon gods that was not on there before. And they said, well, it must have been a mistake because our god, Stitchin, said so. So there, and then then uh, Giorgio Sukolos made them a race of people by saying those from the heavens came, and they played that for for uh, ten years on Ancient Aliens on television, and because of that, now that's a race of people, and they've usurped the people that were on Planet X. With there was a completely different name of those people. You can go back into the old uh, Ancient Aliens television programs and watch it, and then after 2012, all of a sudden, 2013, 14. Then all of a sudden they changed now in the 2020, uh, this is 2020, 21, 22, and 23. Uh, now all of a sudden the Anunnaki are the people from Planet X because now they're a race of people. And they're like, oh, well, now we know they're a race of people and where they're from. And I keep asking them, where do you know that from? Because the only people who did that in history was, was uh, a Sitchin saying that the God Anu came to Earth. That's what Anunnaki meant when the actual translation is the prince came to town, came to the kingdom. Uh, and uh, that's what the scholars say who understand the language of Mesopotamia. Uh, and the, he said the god Anu came to earth. And then and then uh, Giorgio Sukolo said those from the heavens came. So they became a race of people. So now the word Anunnaki is all one word, Anunnaki. And that means an entire species of people that don't even exist, that never existed, except for one translation that was wrong and another interpretation of the translation to fit a narrative that was done on purpose to say those from the heavens because his narrative was he was trying to tell the world that ancient aliens came here and he needed to prove that. And so he changed that. Now, no, if you're brand new to listening to me, I own, created and own ancient aliens worldwide on Facebook, the largest ancient aliens UFO hunting uh, group on the face of the earth. We're about to hit 300,000 members worldwide that uh, contribute to this. And I created that back in 2012. So know that I'm not taking shots at Giorgio Sukolos just because I hate the whole alien thing and I don't believe in it. And I, and I think that they're all wrong. That's not the case. However, when people uh, translate things wrong and erroneously change something to fit a narrative, I'm the person that everybody hates because I point that out. That's why the people in that industry want to be my friend because they all want to uh, promote themselves on my platform and that's why they want me to speak uh, with them or for them because they want to use my name to get themselves into a higher place online to reach more people. So I only allow uh, certain people and nobody gets to, I don't even promote my own show on my on that uh, platform. You will not see it there. And when I'm on there and I'm producing for that platform, I'm not uh, promoting my show. I promote that show for that uh, that group and that's it, okay? So the laws are the laws, and that's the way it is. So I don't even uh, say, well, you guys can't, you know, uh, to put, you know, put your stuff on here. You can do that, but you can't put commercials up there. We don't allow any commercials up there. But you can get in a discussion, and you can talk to it and talk about it and tell people about your shit. We don't have a problem with that because you're you, unless we think that you're only on there to do a commercial, and then we'll tell you to back off. Okay. So when people are saying things wrong, I point that out, and that pisses off people in all the industries. And like Peter said the other day, if you're in the, the groups, uh, the chat groups, Peter GV posted that. Continue posting the truth and let your friends uh, uh, sort themselves out. Let your friends list sort, the, sort itself out. And I do that. I, am, I have been knighted by the Holy Roman Catholic Church. It is a way of life. I have several, four different religious titles that mean priest, uh, you know, padre, 
you know, literally I have the, the, I don't have a priestly title because to be a priest in the Catholic religion, I have to go to their seminar. But I have, I literally uh, went to the, the, you know, the Universal Life Church, which the word Catholic and Catholicism means universal life, by the way. I uh, went to the Universal Life Church in Phoenix, Arizona and got uh, my ministry uh, through them, uh, which I laugh because that's obviously the Catholic religion, Catholic light. It's for all the other Christians on the on the earth. So if you know if you can't, you don't want to join their seminary to become a priest and get that title, you can get the minister title, which you can call yourself Padre, uh, any other title that you want for a Christian religion. Uh, minister is the most popular uh, used. Uh, you can get that without going to their seminar. You can go to the other seminar that doesn't make you go give up sex. So I have four different titles, including a Merlin title uh, around the world. So I'm not taking shots at religion. I'm not taking shots at ancient aliens because they, if you know about the trap, the first step in avoiding a trap is knowing of its existence. To know that everything has been corrupted is the knowledge that you need. That's the knowledge Jesus was teaching. It's the knowledge Muhammad was teaching. It's the knowledge that Gandhi was teaching. It was the knowledge that the Lao Chi was teaching and the Tao Di Chi. Uh, you know, 630 years before Jesus was even born and the Buddha at the same exact time in China uh, were teaching. It is all of these people around the, the world and all of these the raw and and uh, Horus and Thoth, uh, Odin and all of these people. They're all teaching the same thing. If you're a theologian like myself, you you literally comparative religion and you compare all, all of their doctrines and their in their creation stories. And you realize if you're fair, you realize that they're all basically the same with sl slight differences in their storylines and then corrupted so that you won't understand that. And that's what they do. So the ancient aliens field was corrupted. Right. And and some of the people in the ancient aliens field knew that it was starting to be corrupted and they pulled back from that. And I've had a lot of those people on my show and on ancient aliens or that group. Uh, we interviewed them and they'll tell you the same thing that they pulled away from those people because of the draconian uh, stuff that was going on. And those people in service to self that were all about money put up with it. And some of them hate it, but they're putting up with it because it's the only way that the word is still getting out there. So don't think that I'm taking shots at Giorgio Sukalos. I actually like him. Uh, we've talked. I had him on that platform on Orion Rising and we, we talked and he's a, a friends there. And I'm not trying to alienate those guys and say they're wrong because they're not. But they're working within a corrupt society, and there are certain laws that they have to abide by to get their word out there. The problem is they can't tell you that. And guys like me, uh, we get deplatformed and, and called conspiracy theorists when we tell the truth. Everything that I said about COVID in 2020 is now fact. But in 2020, I was I was deleted over and over and over again as a conspiracy theorist, and now people know it to be true. Okay? And the reason they're giving up on COVID is because enough people around the world are awake enough because they, they are waking up and they're like, well, I'm not buying this shit anymore. I think they've been lying to me. Right. And so that's what's happening. And, and that's what's happening with everything is that people are now awake. And this is why to explain what Raul was talking about. This is why we don't need the physical tools as much as we did 5,000, 10,000, 12,000, uh, 30,000, 100,000 years ago, because we are now moving back towards the light as an entire species, and that is writing this planet while we're writing or writing our chakras, correcting them to be more upright. And this is what we're getting into here, and we'll continue that next week. But I am going to go because it's now a quarter after seven. I have to get dinner for my mother and I, who's looking at me right now, who is now in here in the dining room, looking at me like I'm hungry. What are you doing talking to the computer? <laughs>
<laughs> so I need to get off here so I can cook some dinner for my mom, who I take care of. Those of you who don't know that about me, I'm a caregiver for my 78-year-old mother, huh, mom? And I take care of her. I did that with my grandmother uh, forever. So you guys have a great night. Have a great weekend. I love you guys. Uh, and just know that the first step in avoiding a trap is knowing it, of its existence. But know that those of us who are bards, everyone thinks the bards disappeared and are no more. And we even had the bard song that tells the story of the bards leaving. But the true, but the true message in the bard song, you can look that up. Uh, look up the Bard song, Google that, or go to YouTube and look up the Bard song uh, and, and listen to it. There's a, a, a speed metal, death metal band who uh, who's, who's actually uh, sings that song very Bard-like because they are Bards. Uh, for those of us who are Bards and we hear that song, um, that's not what they're saying, but on a physical 3D lower, you know, uh, uh, yellow ray um, verses, we'll tell you the bard songs still remain, but the bards are gone. Well, how do the bard songs remain if the bards are all gone? Well, because they wrote them down. Yeah, in a physical sense, in the 3D, um, that would be true. But the, the bards had to go undercover, just like the religion at the time had to go undercover of the pagans and the Wiccans, the Celtic religions had to go undercover. And so did the Native Americans and the, all natives of, of the um, North and South American continent. Uh, natives everywhere, including all the way down to Australia, their entire way of life had to go undercover because of the ratification by nefariousness or uh, in people in service to self trying to kill off all of that knowledge. That's why the Essenes stole the Dead Sea Scrolls and hid them in the in the caves in the Dead Sea. Uh, was because they were trying to eradicate memory. And that's why the Irish and the Scots stole some of the scrolls at Alexandria when they were burned. And that's why literally the Colburn Bible has, has seven uh, scrolls that came out of the Exodus with Moses because they knew they had to, uh, to protect all this information and get it back out to the world thousands of years ago when this was happening, when Julius Caesar burned Alexandria. And that's why the, the, the information was leaked out about what was in the, the archives of the Holy Roman Catholic Church and that they had this archive. All of that secret information that you've heard throughout time can be traced back to specific places and peoples that were doing things that were descendants of Celts and Celts and Vikings and, and the like, but that not just them in the modern day, uh, because when the when the Patal got here, uh, the, the footprint for them is 10,000 years old. And that's when the when the DNA of of the uh, typo uh, bloodline uh, appears on this planet and the DNA of Viking people uh, started 10,000 years ago. You can look this up. OK, that was when the Patal got here. And so the modern era Everything is linked to the Patal, but everything that's still alive is linked to people who did this around the world in all of those different places all over the world. They did the same thing in their respective times. But in the modern era, in the last 4,000 years, 5,000 years, the reason that all of this information is still out there for us in history is because the Patal showed up here to help defend this place against this erroneous in service to self people. Uh, we chased them through the stars to this place and uh, have been working uh, around this planet for the last 10,000 years helping. We didn't really get here 10,000 years ago. We got here um, about halfway, uh, um, about 5,000 years ago. 
probably less than that, but our, we have to have a history because we're going to be here for uh, time and space is different here. When you get your feet on the ground, say in 1938 in Grover's Mill in 1938 on October uh, 31st, uh, you have to have a past, present and future uh, on the planet. That was War of the Worlds, by the way, which was broadcast as aliens invading the planet and then being told later that it was just a hoax. And then uh, they did uh, Buckaroo Banzai across the eighth dimension, the movie that shows that there was an actual invasion in 1938 uh, and that it was covered up. And that was telling you about the uh, UFOs that flew over the White House and uh, boots on the ground by the uh, Crusaders, the Orion Crusaders, when they got here and said, oh, there's big bad aliens that are going to come get you. We can save you. Um, we, but we have to be down on earth. And they said, oh, sure, come in. And that was what locked us into the problem that we're in. Those of us to chase them here from Orion uh, followed them here and got here shortly thereafter. But it looks like we've been here for 10,000 years. And it looks like they were here longer than that because we got here after 1938 and they got here in 1938. And I'm not going to talk too much about the math there. And those of you who don't believe what I have to say on that matter, uh, I'm okay with that because, you know, the sky is blue whether you look up in the daytime, the sky is black at night. Whether you look up at night, there is a God in the universe and a creator, whether you believe in it or not, doesn't matter because the creator believes in you. Okay. So whether you want to think there's a coalition here or not and think that we just made this up, there are other people that have no idea of the Orion coalition of light who will tell you the story of the Patal and it will tell you the story of the Orion crusaders uh, coming from raw for one. Uh, about the Orion Crusaders, but the Orion, but that Raw doesn't tell you about the the Orion, uh, can, you know, the Orion uh, Coalition of Light. But psychics are now channeling that and going before that coalition and understand that coalition. And the people who tell you about the Patal won't tell you about either one of those other ones. However, all of those are linked because some of us uh, know that. And those people usually take a title that is uh, Melchizedek. Um, but I'm not one for titles, and that's why I don't like and I don't put that all over my. Uh, shit where some people you go to their Facebook page and there's uh, all their pictures or titles of what they do and what they have because they feel like they need to show you all that. I'll tell you about it if you ask and I'll show you what I have if you ask. Um, and I give you a little synopsis so that people don't think I'm just some schmo, but most people do. And they think I'm lying and I'm okay with that because only people who are egoic and uh, are not trusting of anyone and don't have the sight to see will think I'm lying about everything because they are gauging me by them. And there's no way I could have what they don't have. So they have to hate on me and you have to say I lie about it. And that's why I tell people don't believe a word I've said, go and look it all up. And that's why when I tell somebody that I'll be working with them in the future, I then will maybe remind them of that, but I don't come after them because I want them to look at me and I want them to wait and make up their own mind. And what will happen in the interim is the same thing that happens 100% of the time. They'll go off and start following other people and, and also following me. And they'll weed themselves back to me every time. And so I do that waiting for the right time. I don't press. I don't try to control you. When you're ready to listen, you will. And otherwise you'll find someone else that, that, that more appeals to you. And I'm not the only one doing this. There's millions of us on the planet. There always have been. So you will find someone that fits with you unless you're led to me. And the universe will make you find me if you're supposed to be here. And if you last more than 30 seconds and don't get pissed off at me uh, in less than 30 seconds, then you might tend to come back. 
And those of you who know that, you're still listening to me because you know. And and that's why I encourage everybody, to, don't believe me, uh, don't take me at my word. Go out there and look at everybody else because you're going to weed out. You're going to learn. Like Penny said before, you know, okay, because you're going to. You, eventually, you're going to see it happen and you're going to stop trusting people as easily. But then you're going to start looking at other people harder and then you're going to be waiting and waiting. Like Cassie, she'll tell you this. She told me this. She waited almost a year paying attention to me and waiting for me, just knowing I was going to show my colors like everybody else did in that year, in that nine months that did the same thing. And, and she just checked those ones off. Nope, there that one goes. Nope, that one went, that one went. And who was she left with? Me and said, I got to give this guy a try. I've been trying to let him hang himself and he never has. I've given him every opportunity to do what he, what all of those other people were doing to me in the same time, and he never did it. Okay, and and that that's what and said so like Penny. She says like she says, oh, I love you, I love you, your family to me, right? That's because you've done that, you've did it, you did that when we first met, and I know that everyone does, and I encourage that, and I don't see that I don't have an ego, so I don't look at them and go, you had to vet me, or you better vet me. <laughs> Don't trust me. Don't trust anyone. You're living in a place where people try to lie to you and pretend that they are. That's the false prophets. That the, the lesson, and if you're Christian or Hebrew, the lesson of that was beware of false prophets because those are the people that are going to talk like me that are doing it for money and for themselves. And those are the ones that you have to be aware of. I'm not saying I'm a prophet. I would be considered a prophet if this were 3,000 years ago. I'm not going to lie about that. But I don't have the ego to tell people I am the prophet Leo. Because I, I'm, I see myself as the humble messenger, like Ra, the humble messenger of the law of one. I am a humble messenger of, of the. I'm, I, I don't. I teach you the law of one, but I follow the law of love. And he tells you that that there are those uh, who teach the law of love, and I am one of those who teach the law of love. Uh, Cassie's now realizing that, and I haven't told her that, so if she hears this. We talked about it last night, and I didn't give it to her, um, but she knows it. And she had, but I didn't say it like I just said it to you, uh, that um, there is the law of one and those who teach that. There are different ways uh, of, of learning uh, the aspects of going to uh, back to the one. One is the law of one. And I teach living the law of one, but it's not what I, I'm of the law of love. Uh, and Jesus was of the law of love. Uh, and that's why there's a difference in what Jesus was teaching and what um, Ra is teaching. Ra is telling you a lot about what's going on in the 3D. Uh, and I teach that. So I get into that politics and the religion. But uh, but that's not my ultimate goal. My ultimate goal in the place I come from is teaching the law of love. But the law of one uh, can be taught by either. I just don't focus only on the law of one, whereas Ra, they just focus on the law of one. <clears throat> which is all the laws of the universe and how the universe works and uh, and all of that. But in that, they'll teach you all those things, that there's love and there's wisdom and there's understanding and then there's infinity and then there's the infinite love, infinite wisdom. And all of those are classes. All of those are ways. And there are people that will only teach you infinity and the laws of infinity, like the law of attraction. Those people will only teach you the laws of attraction. They're not going to talk about love. They're not going to talk about politics. They're not going to tell you about 3D religions. They're not going to tell you about any of that. I'm more rounded and come from a place where I will teach you uh, what you need to know 
to get you to that place. You choose ultimately. So that's why I don't teach only the law of love. Whereas uh, a certain uh, person who was shot through the heart and died after making a record and a song, uh, All You Need Is Love, uh, uh, who was uh, very much about teaching the law of love, like Jesus was, uh, comes from that place. And would, you would never hear him uh, teach the law of one, not because it's not right, but because he was about love. Uh, in, even though that's the, the, the place of my learning uh, currently in the higher self uh, and what I'm focused on, it is not what I'm uh, teaching and about here in this place. Here is not needed. The law of love is needed, but you have to first learn the law of one to wake up to be able to go through those chakras. And the law of one starts you in the fourth, uh, in the third yellow ray chakra and moves you into the fourth and the fifth. And then from there, you go to the green ray. And that's why if you look at all my reels, you'll see that I'm teaching the heart there. So I'm showing you the heart through osmosis because ultimately once you um, fix your yellow ray in this yellow ray place, the next major arcana is the green chakra and then the violet uh, chakra above that. And, uh, and so I will teach those, but you have to learn to crawl before you can walk. And then you have to learn to walk before you can run. And then you have to learn to run before you can sprint. So if I try to pull you all the way to the green ray chakra, it'll be harder for me to do. And Jesus was showing that as an example. And, and Muhammad was showing more of the law of one uh, as the example while reminding everyone what Moses said about the laws. Moses was also teaching the laws. So Moses was teaching the law of one. And, and most of the religions only teach that because that's where you are. You're in the place of laws. You're in the place of doing. Um, it's, and, but those of us who are uh, already in the place of love, um, sometimes we forget that you need to be moved into that place, understand that place to move up. Uh, and they try to just teach you love when that's foreign to you if you're locked into the 3D self-serving reality. So... Um, I will teach you the law of one, but you're going to hear me pull you up to the green ray every time. Uh, and uh, that's where Peter is, both Peters. Um, we, we come across in that low yellow ray because that's the place we're in. You have to speak to the crowd where they are, but we pull you up to the green ray always. And then those of you like Penny who, who mention it, we go, okay, she's seeing it. Tell her why. And then we'll let you know because you're already starting. You're already there. Um, so, so for you, you've, you're already getting all of that. And a lot of you will find that and you'll get that. So know that I'm going to springboard you from the yellow to the green and then from the green to the violet and then beyond that. And, uh, and it probably won't happen. It may happen in our lifetimes to where I'll talk about that and other people will too. We're getting there. Uh, people are starting to, to realize at first there was only the chakra in the crown and, uh, and it's been in the last 40 years or 50 years when they added another one above that, outside the head above. And then they're now, uh, uh, again, uh, going above that. So uh, our understanding is evolving from uh, a thousand years ago uh, to, to today. And we've literally added in the last 60 years two more chakras that were not that are outside the body, that were not on the list before. But there's a, a variance in color. Uh, as far as the first one outside of the head, what color it is, whether it's a lighter violet, sometimes it's seen as a, as a gold uh, because it, it depends now. Uh, and the people don't know this and I do. 
um, the gold, and those of you who see the gold, uh, if you see the purple, that's the third eye. But then if you see gold, Penny, I didn't, I didn't tell you this at the time, but I'm going to tell you now before I go. You're seeing the gold as well, and then you associated that with the with the tunnel. Um, the gold is the love. That's the fifth uh, density, uh, not dimension, but the fifth density. Uh, and that is where, uh, remember I told you that it's just like school when you're going from zero grade, first grade through 12th grade here in the United States and most schools around. That's the same as your chakras, right? And that's the same as all of the levels that there are back to the one. And then you go to the next octave, which is a college and the college starts, but they don't start it and say it's 13 grade. They started as the first year of your college. And then your college can be a four, a six, an eight, a 12 uh, year uh, learning curve, depending on what you're going to focus on. And the, the love energy is the gold energy. Okay. Wisdom is the other one that's sort of an orange color, but it's not as bright as the orange. It's that one that, that's the uh, in between the violet. And that's why they see the the from the purple, they kind of go violet and then some go kind of an orange and then some go white. And then sometimes you see it as the gold because the, those are different people that are seeing the same energy, but their soul has focused and has already chose to focus. Yeah, the crimson color has already focused to jump to that place. And they don't realize it here in this place that what they're focusing on, because here you get the general education and then you go to the college level uh, as an adult. And then you pick which one that you want. Are you going to learn only wisdom? You will learn them all. But which one are you going to learn first? Are you going to concentrate on wisdom? Are you going to concentrate on love? Are you going to concentrate on compassion? Uh, you know, are you going to concentrate on the infinite, which is another extension of the laws? Uh, so, so what are, you know, energy and all of that, what are you going to concentrate on first when you go to college? And that's why you see, and I put, and I put that, if you look at my reels, you'll see sometimes on there, I show it as a, as a violet color, uh, you know, like you were saying, uh, you know, maybe even the crimson, uh, uh, the, or, or, uh, um, orange, uh, or, a, a white color. And I show that and I don't make any distinction as to why. And some people get confused and go, why are you showing the chakras? And you're showing three different colors from the brain up. And it, it, because they, they do mean they're the same place, but they're a different, they're a different teaching, uh, a different, uh, um, um, what do you, what do you want to call that? What do they call that when you're in college? Uh, 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 when you have, you know, your uh, major, uh, what you major in directly here, you will learn all of those, but what you choose directly from here will be the color that you see. And Penny, you like me are seeing the gold because you're choosing love. And that's one of the reasons you're drawn to me, but I've never told you this because I had to wait for you to, to, because everything has to happen on your terms, not on mine. I'm not here to control you. I'm here just to give you the uh, tools to help you remember. And when I see that people like you are seeing these things, I immediately will shoot you the tools uh, for your understanding of that. And that's why uh, you're drawn to me. And that's why I've told you before, we're going to work together in the future. Uh, and we will. Uh, because, and not just, I mean, not just there, but here, uh, because you and I have chosen the same place to go uh, and the same thing to focus on in our next endeavor after this place, we're both going to be working on love. So that means that love is going to be a great deal of what you work on here as well, more than wisdom or more than laws. So for you, the laws of one are good because they keep pulling you up there. 
but you you're not too interested in the religion and all of the 3d stuff you're more already spiritual and the reason for that is you're in the green and the purple and you're already seeing the gold because you're already moving up i'm getting chills telling you that and i you are too because i can tell by the way you're typing <laughs> right and that's what happens though she says because i ran from my heart because it, it hurt so much it well that's what they do to us they do the damage to us to keep us out of balancing those that's what Jesus was teaching us. And that's why Jesus was here in that time as that character was teaching the, 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 you know, the love uh, and the, but the love chakra here in this pain body is in fact uh, green. But when you leave the pain body and you move up into the, to the plane of, of non-physical, it's gold, the energy. Um, and that's where you hear that um, Japanese or is it Chinese uh, song where they talk about the gold lion. Uh, and and uh, if you ever heard that that song about the gold lion and pay attention to gold meaning love uh, in the higher realms of spirituality and go back and listen to that song that girl there's a, a girl that sings it in English uh, and uh, they're from a, I think it's I don't know if it's Japanese or Chinese I think it's a Japanese band uh, because it's, the the lion is predominantly Japanese more than it is Asian or more than it is Chinese but they both have that because their religions are very similar their creation stories were very mixed because of those peoples are, are very mixed. Um, but the, the, the dragons, the gold dragon is the same. Uh, and all of those dragons represent gold dragons, red dragons, uh, purple dragons, all of those represent the same chakras. And they also represent different things in us. Uh, I'm a yellow dragon in one place. I'm a gold dragon in another, and I'm a red dragon in another. And I didn't realize that when I had a conversation with myself, uh, when I had a conversation with a red dragon in a, in a, in a, uh, uh, meditation and the red dragon knew my name and I didn't understand why. And, and it took until later when I realized I was speaking to myself in another realm and I was in that body. I was that dragon and that dragon was a red dragon in, in the 3d, but it wasn't the, but the chakra um, meant because red can also mean love here. Uh, and so it depends on where you are in the understanding or the understanding of each chakra point, even though red, the red chakra is the beginning chakra um, the beginning is also love. So there is an aspect that is not in self-serving to the red ray beginning. And that's why roses are red. And uh, people talk about that and violets are blue. And uh, there's a reason for all of that. And those rhymes, those were written in a time when they were trying to teach um, about the, all of this stuff without letting people know they were teaching that. Um, and, and so the, a lot of these rhymes that we know that we think are hickory dickory dock, we think are just riddles and rhymes that don't mean anything are actually teachings that were taught spiritually on purpose uh, and for people to memorize so that they could then realize what they were doing. And that's why uh, the letters to the church is written in the Hebrew style or in the Bible style of writing, stylistic. On a 3D level, it was just Jesus or God warning the churches. But in truth, it's the balance of the chakras and how to balance your chakras. Um, and I tell people that all the time, go back and read that in the revelations, Jesus's revelations and the letters to the churches and start with the red chakra and look up what each chakra means and read the first church. And, and there's exactly how many of those? There's seven major chakras, seven major churches. And each one start with red and go through all of the chakras and listen to what Jesus says in the letters to the churches uh, and warning the churches in Revelation. And it's literally telling you if you don't balance your chakras, you can't go to heaven. <laughs> and here's how you balance your chakras. This is how you do it.
Uh, so that was written to get around the evil algorithms of people. Uh, when they were destroying religions, they kept the, that portion in the Bibles uh, because they didn't understand it. They didn't get it because they can't. He who has the ears to hear, let him understand. He who has the eyes to see. Uh, they say that in every letter to the churches. And those are usually um, telltale signs when you hear them say, he who has the understanding, let him, uh, you know, the number of the beast. He, let him who has the understanding know the reckon the number of the beast. It, there, there's another reason for that 666. And what they're telling you is not that the 666 is three sixes. Six, three score and six is the original way it was written. And that's trying to teach you that that the, uh, Three plus three plus three, and showing you that the devil can only go so far, and that's six, and uh, that the energy of the devil is six six six. That's all they can do. Three times three is six is nine, but three plus three plus three is six, and they can only get to that place. And so the number of the beast is six 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 because the evil people cannot go past that in the understanding of infinite love, infinite wisdom, infinite energy. And that's what that was about. But on a 3D level, it's just warning you on a 3D level, warning you that the devil's number is 666. And some people just see that and think that's the number of the devil because that's what was written. But on a spiritual level, they're trying to tell you that evil can't go past the sixth uh, density and that the only equation they can get from three, six and nine is the three plus the six. And what is that? Me, my intention, my three and controlling nature becomes six. And they can only continue to do that over and over. And we talked about that where, when you when you do 0.33 or 0.33, is, that means, you know, three threes means infinity in math. So three sixes means that forever they can only achieve the my intention controlling the, the space time. And that's all they can do. That's what that was about. And so the, knowing in the future, mathematics would be 0.333, meaning infinity, or 0.33 or 0.3 uh, to the third power would tell us that that goes on for infinity at that point from that point on. Knowing that, so he who has the understanding, let him who has the understanding reckon the number of the beast. It is six, three score and six, meaning six with a to the third power, or 6.33. So they could only go halfway through the sixth density and they could not create because they didn't have the ability to get to and achieve the hex boson, the creative energy. And that is what that was telling you if you're on a higher spiritual level. I should do that and sit down with the Old and New Testaments and do what I'm doing with the law of one at some point I may in my life. Right now, the people in religion would... Uh, would hate me and not want my show on the air. And they would try to do everything they could do to discredit me because I'd be picking apart and showing you a part of spiritualism that you naturally will gain with the understanding. So if I get people and pull them to the understanding, you will naturally, and this is why Nikola Tesla said that, enlightenment, true enlightenment comes from the natural uh, enlightenment of the universe. So if I pull you naturally through and give you the tools, uh, you will have the same understanding that I have now because you'll achieve it just like I did. And I didn't believe anybody who was telling me what I'm telling you now, then, but I was, but now I know what they were saying. And then I unlock all this other knowledge. You too will do the same and you will surpass me, I hope, and teach me. And that's why I do this. I pull everybody up as high as I can make you stand before you leave. And then when you do that, that opens up your mind. And then the comments that you make, you start channeling back to me. And then I learn uh, and I continue to learn. 
And I, and I try to do that. And that's why I love talking to you guys and working with you because you teach me while I teach you. And that's literally what it's about. Learn, teach, teach, learn. Okay. So I love you guys. Um, show us out, show us out, show us out. I am your host, Leonard O'Neill. This is Orion Rising. And this is the law of one. We will pick up. Uh, we didn't get too far in the, in the, we're only on what, question five or six or something. I'll figure out exactly where we are. We're eight minutes in. Uh, I'll figure out where the nearest question is at 824 in to the session 15. We're halfway through session 15. Wait, that's not bad for uh, for one session. You know what I mean? Getting that quick. Um, so tune in next week uh, when um, hopefully next Thursday uh, I'll be doing a live with Melinda. Those of you who are in the chats, the Law of One class chat and the Returning of the Old Ways chat. Uh, on Messenger, you know who Melinda is, um, uh, and I'll have Peter GV. He's already committed today. We were going to do it tomorrow, but Linda had to uh, postpone, and she said she could do it next Thursday. So next Thursday, um, and I think it's the same time. So I think it'll be 11 a.m. West Coast America time. Uh, we'll be live, and we'll be talking about stuff there, uh, and then again next Thursday on the Law of One and continuing on with the spirituality that most people uh, don't understand and hate me for. <laughs> but those of you who are awake and waking up, you're the lions that I'm trying to help wake up as fast as possible, because then you're going to help wake up everybody else as fast as possible. And you'll pay this forward in, in whatever way that you came here with whatever skills you have, uh, and you'll help the vibration of the all. And we'll continue until the seminal point reaches. And when we reach that seminal point, There'll be a mass enlightenment on this earth. That is what we've been working for thousands of years, tens of thousands of years to accomplish. Remember, I am a Druid and the Druid way is the way that everybody adopts. Even the Chinese Communist Party has adopted the Druid way of trying to wait through time and make little changes to fix things. They all found out the Druid way and realized it worked over time. And they think they've outsmarted us by trying to cancel us. And they have no idea that they were designed to do what they do, only what they can, and they have to defy the creator but accept the creation, which is funny in and of itself. And they can't help themselves. They say, nope, nope, I created myself. Well, how exactly did that happen? They can't give you how that it happened. And then they go, well, you can't either. Well, yeah, we can, but you took all those books out and tried to eradicate them. So there was no, uh, no way of, of, of hearing how it all started. Right. But they're out there still because you guys couldn't eradicate them all. And we found them and we've been teaching each other about them secretly right before your eyes. The same way you've been trying to usurp information and tell the same lies that you've been telling right in front of everyone's eyes. And you laugh about it. For those of you, if you're here right now, you're not here right now because you're not evil, because no evil person would be here right now unless they just popped in. And even by me telling them this, they can't do anything about it. Here's the real secret. The real secret is. We have been embedding information hidden in everything forever, just like you guys have done. And you can't see it, but we can see what you've done. Only the people who are asleep can't see what you've done. And you guys can never see what we've done. That's the beauty of how the creation was created is that we can see you, but you can't see us. You only see us when we are being enlightened and that really you hate, you hate it and it pisses you off so you have to try and destroy the physical 
And that's the only thing you got because you can't do anything about the spiritual. So you have to convince everybody there is no spiritual so that when you kill off the spiritual, like you've done over and over on this planet, they think all hope is lost. Except we know that it's in everything, whether we're here or not. And that was what the Jedi teaching was of Obi-Wan when he said, strike me now, strike me down now, and you will make me more powerful than you could ever imagine. And that's what happened. That was that lesson. And Darth Vader didn't learn it until he was almost before he died. And then he realized it. And that was when the almost the loss of his son uh, turned him and he killed the emperor to save his son because his love was more important. And he was hiding that from the emperor. And he realized because he almost lost his son, what it was like when Obi-Wan died in front of Luke, when Luke didn't know that, that he was his father yet. So very well written. And people are like, oh, it was just George Lucas trying to make money. No, <laughs> there was a lot more going on. Okay. So yes, you know, Penny says, yes, it's in everything. It really is. And when you become at a certain place in your enlightenment, you realize that it is in everything. Uh, and then you just laugh and you go, oh my God, that's the whole story and the purpose of the story really quickly. And then I'm going to go of that Sufi, the famous Sufi. I don't remember what his name was, but he was trying to buy every book that he could buy. I did the same thing and we all do that. And this is why people associate with it. He won all these books trying to be awake and he just studied everything he could study his whole life, which helped him, by the way. But he, but you don't realize that. And then one day he woke up and realized he was awake and he took all those books and he took them out on the front lawn and burned them. Frederick Nietzsche came to that conclusion just before he died, and they said he was crazy when, when he said it, when he said that all of philosophy and, and the philosophical learning is folly. Uh, my advice to you is run from it as fast as you can because it will never answer any questions. It will only ask more and more questions, no matter how many that you answer, and you will chase your tail for all of eternity, and you will never be able to answer anything. So run from it as fast as you can. It's, it's not bad, you, but it is true. But that is the way of the universe. You can never solve all of the universal questions because we cannot at this level fathom that. We're not supposed to. Okay. So that becomes part of the understanding that you get as you move up. But once you awake and you get above the yin and the yang, above the, the reach of the ego and, and the mind, not that you're not exposed to them uh, at some times because everything here is to draw you into that. Uh, but, when, but once you get to that enlightenment, you start to see the spiral. You start to see the, the cyclical nature of the universe, you start to see everything in everything. And you go, that's, that was the awakening of, of Neo when he saw the ones and zeros and zeros and ones. That was the, res, the, res, res, the, 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 what that was representing on, in that movie was the awakening of the soul uh, in this place that is aware that you can do, that is the awareness of everything. And you see it in everything. And then you actually, in your mind's eye, you almost literally see ones and zeros and zeros and ones because you can see the spiral in everything and see through everything and you realize the cyclical nature of it. And that's why I put in my, my uh, reels, you know, in uh, everywhere, the spirals and show you the people in history knew far more than we give them credit to credit for, because those people who drew those spirals were seeing it and they saw it in everything because they were aware and they were awake and they saw it and they were trying to leave that for people to see. And that was the spiral. And that, that's literally looking straight down the Taurus from the top. And that's seeing to, to the zero point. And that's where all the religions are telling you is the way to heaven is inside. It's through the center. It's through you. It's in you. It's in your heart. 
And, and that's literally where that point is. And that's why it's in everything today and depicted with the Vitruvian man and all of the, every single reel that I post is showing you that zero point being the heart, being the creation, being love. All right. I love you guys. Have a great evening. I will see you next week or you will hear me next week. <laughs> Have a great weekend.